With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Oh, living the dream once again on a spectacular Saturday. It is Fox Football Saturday. Hartman and Papinga coming alive from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We begin our countdown to the NFL playoffs. That's right. Coming up today, it will be the Titans at the Chiefs. About three hours away, followed by the Rams hosting the Falcons tomorrow. Jags will host the Bills. And then it'll wrap up the wild card weekend with the Saints hosting the Panthers. You know what excites me, though, about this, Stevie? This is an actual legitimate playoff. I'm telling you. When this is done... There's not going to be any questions as to, oh, I'm going to, if I'm, who didn't make it? Oh, the 49ers. The 49ers aren't all of a sudden going to go make this parade. We're the Super Bowl champions because we ended up, whatever, the best record in December, but we weren't allowed in the playoffs. But, hey, we're going to still celebrate anyway because we know if we were given the chance to be in the playoffs, we'd have won the Super Bowl. You know, that's going to happen like what's happening in college football. What a joke that is. And so, yes, true competition at its best like we're going to start to see today you got to get pumped for that this is awesome i i am pumped because of any playoff you know i i find it interesting i was having a conversation with someone i i respect but they made such a foolish argument i had to do respect <laughs> to them i won't mention their name oh but you we gotta talk their name no 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 come it, on it's you gotta put them up you can't do it. that you can't say it? i was talking with some well, guy no, it's not someone not gonna anybody's gonna know come it's, on okay it's okay. It's, it's 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 more okay. that. Okay. but anyway it, it was a whole <laughs> argument about the college football playoff and this idea and and, and by the way congratulations to 
uh, Central Florida for oh, claiming phenomenal. the national championship. What I, a I game. Love it. I mean, I look at this. They're saying this. We are the national champions. You know why? Hey, because they we just, beat Auburn. Yeah, they got and just Auburn as hard. Beat Georgia yes. and Auburn beat Alabama. And we're and, and Mr. Historian here. Yeah. Back in the day, wasn't that sufficient? Back in the AP day and all that to Your say. Your BYU yes, Cougars in 1984 were the only undefeated team. This is. Let me explain to you how this all works. We have the. Uh, let me stop you right there. Yeah. By the way, and BYU does not even have the same credentials, or didn't have in '84 the As same Central cred- Florida, and not even close. Not even close. BYU didn't even at the time beat a team that ended up being, which doesn't matter to me, being ranked eventually in the uh, the end right. of the season. They beat top a 25. six and five Michigan team exactly. in the Holiday Bowl. Exactly. All right, so. Central Florida, rightfully so, is saying we Heck beat yeah. Auburn. Auburn beat Georgia. Auburn beat Alabama. And Therefore, we beat Auburn. Yep. I'm with And them. we're undefeated. They, I, I'm Nobody so beat us. that they're doing that. I am too. So, and so excited. So, and then it's like, true. they're like, well, you know, and, then, and then, then you had, you know, this bogus committee and the head of the committee saying, defending <laughs> the fact that they had Central Florida ranked 12th and everything else. Stupid, based on, stupid, here, complete but, egg but on your face. This, the, and it made it even worse when they were trying to defend themselves. You have the We F- respected you. No, you didn't. You have the Get FBS. The FBS includes 129 schools. 129 schools and half of them. Half are told you can't compete for the national championship. Exactly. This would be like the NFL saying only NFC teams are eligible for the Super Bowl. Exactly. The AFC can play their games, but only the NFC teams are actually eligible to play for the championship. Or in baseball, only the National League can actually play for the World Series. The American League, you can play your Which, games, by the way, was but you will be excluded from winning correct, the World right? Series. It, the AFL back in the day, even though like you'd win the AFL, in the early the, days, before the they NFL finally was had the still like, if you were the champion, they, they were the world. The they were the world champion. Correct. Exactly. Okay. So, so yeah. this this is how ridiculous it is. But Un- for uh, you know, we're going to have this anticlimactic SEC championship game. Essentially, what it is Monday night. By the way, ESPN oh. already bracing themselves for disastrous ratings. I didn't want to watch this Alabama Georgia game. I can't game. stand it. I am just. I was seething when I was watching the playoff. That Alabama. I mean, rightfully so. They dominated Clemson. Good for them. And. Uh, by the way, Clemson, Georgia, Clemson, was really, Clemson was really exposed in that game. In fact, oh, the well, ACC young got exposed because yeah. of their young quarterback. It just showed you how much Deshaun Watson was meant sweet. to that team. Watson, yeah. you know, tore up Alabama two consecutive yeah. years, one in a loss, one in a win. But if anything was exposed, it was the ACC. Yeah. You know, Miami collapsing in their yeah. bowl game. And then, obviously, you had the situation with uh, with Clemson well, not even showing me. up. Is you see Wisconsin. You see University of Central oh. Florida. You the see, Big Ten Ohio is State, Big Ten was eight one. How is it that the Big Ten was eight not, one in the bowl games and their only it? loss was a complete and they didn't even get in? And they have just as good, or actually, a better resume in theory than Alabama. That's what bothers. Do you think Ohio State could beat the winner of the Alabama Georgia game? No, not, there's not even a question <laughs> in my mind that there's like even they could they. I would say right now if they're off if their defensive line yes played the way that they played against USC. Not to say USC's offensive line was really like anything to write home to your mom about if you're on a far off vacation but i'll tell you this they would be so tough to beat that i would pick them to win it i would pick them to win it if it was alabama or georgia facing them with that defensive line coming off the heels of the game they had against usc i'd pick you i'd pick ohio state meanwhile going back to that rose bowl game which was a phenomenal game and you know oklahoma at halftime had more points than Georgia allowed in any game this year. Oh. They had not seen that kind of an offense. Well, Lincoln Riley choked. Let's just he, I mean, did. he did. And I don't I don't blame him. I'd have done the same thing in a lot of respects. I was like, oh my I mean, it's just like you want to hold on. 
And you're always thinking back to that Why first half. Why did they go so conservative in the second half? Because <sighs> you're afraid, Steve. You're Why? afraid. You're afraid. And it's you can feel natural. like you can feel nature. the frustration of Baker Mayfield is sort of like, what are we doing? And then he he got a little over anxious, overthrew that one pass for the interception, but still. Well, no, he, no, that wasn't over anxious. Remember that was a free play. Remember that? No, 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 no. The interception that was run back by Ohio State. That was oh. a, he was in his I own mean, you mean Georgia. No, I'm talking about uh, Oklahoma. When they overthrew the pass, Baker Mayfield seemed to be yeah, very Oklahoma frustrated. Overthrew he was getting a pass. Oh, did you, oh, okay. The Georgia player who returned that for a time. Okay, I thought you were talking about overtime. No, no, no. I'm not talking about overtime. It was a free play, and everybody was yelling at him like, that's no, no, no. his only throw. But, I mean, the bottom line oh, is yeah, yeah. Georgia was he supposed to be this defensive juggernaut, and they're not. Obviously, yeah. Oklahoma was able to expose them. The good thing for Georgia was Oklahoma, as we already knew going in, has no defense. Yeah, All right? They have zero defense. Welcome they to the no Big 12. To, yeah. That's why the Big 12. They don't play. So, they, if, if anything, when you're thinking about to be there. ESPN and their preservation oh. of the SEC and the ACC, but the one it. team that was safe to put in there was Oklahoma. Because Oklahoma, coming out of the Big 12, unlike the Big 10 or yeah. even the Pac-12, they don't play any defense. Yeah. And so that was the safest bet. Anyway, it's, it's I mean it's good. Very and this, I mean, I hope. I mean, every ESPN analyst except for Jay Bayless, who's not even a football one, right. has been like over. Jay Billis, yeah. Jay Billis has yeah. been over defending this whole system. But hopefully, this creates enough of an outrage. I, I mean, this is great. UCF raising the banner. Love it. You know, I, I'm. I to me, if I'm Urban Meyer, I am going to the Chancellor, the President, whatever you call it, of Ohio State, and saying it's time. It's time we talked. And he's buddies with ESPN. Go talk to ESPN and say, we have to expand this. This is dumb. The fact that we can't even have a chance, not to say we'd win it, but right. have a chance. Even Penn a State chance. has no chance. Central Florida had Central no tra- chance. Central Florida had no chance. Uh, well, his I, I, I don't even think in his world he would even include Central Florida. Well, you see, then that's wrong. Because I it, understand that. They're all under the same umbrella. The it's called step, the though, FBS. Steve. If yeah. you don't have... Name that's the any next step. Sport. They're still not going to let the the other group five schools in. I'm Is there you. any sport on this planet where you no. start the season with no chance of winning the championship? No, and that's why it's, any. it's a big None. Coup. I mean, literally, you have a chance, it's all right? A, it's, a, it's a farce, man. But I'm telling you right now that the, the, if a guy like Urban Meyer and Ohio State get involved with this, I mean, to me, to me the best thing that could have happened. Because who, who, by the way, cover, it was ESPN covering Ohio State's game, right? If I'm oh. not mistaken, yeah. Uh, what I would have done if I was Ohio State, Penn State, I'd have boycotted. I'd have boycotted. I'd have flat out said, we're not playing. Boom. Change the playoff. Expand. They could expand it in a, in a snap of a finger. Right. All you do is amend it. Well, here's what's going to say. You know five, what's going to expand it, Brady? Here's I mean, what's going to expand Come on. If come on, the Urban, ratings, do it. If the ratings are a disaster on Monday, and potentially they are going well, to I'm be a disaster. Well, I'm not watching it, and I recommend nobody else watch it. That's, that's you what you think, need to do. If you really do think not it's, watch no, Monday night. Don't watch it because if you think you're watching a championship game, you are fooling no. yourself. The emperor is naked. You're looking at the emperor fully naked, and you're going to be told that he's not. So don't let him do that to you. Don't let him brainwash you. ESPN is trying to brainwash people beyond measure right now. And, and don't and, 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 let and, him do it. And, and to listen to Knucklehead Smith, uh, that uh, Paul Feinbaum, you know, Mr. SEC, ridicule oh, well, Central Florida. Bias. I mean, you know what? They, beyond measure. Here's why I say to this guy, shut up. All well, right. They're you, just you, so biased. You have yeah. no credibility. No credibility. Well, You're in the in their tank. own little world. Their you own little are bubble. absolutely a house guy, a house slug. And for you to say that a team that beat Auburn, who then beat Georgia and Alabama, has no right to a national championship, oh you are laughable. You are a fool. You are an idiot. You immediately disqualify yourself from from saying anything that has substance. If exactly. you actually take that as your stance, you're done. Anything that comes out of your mouth doesn't 
have right. any so kind of hopefully, traction. Hopefully, there'll be such an. There's already an uproar. But if if the oh, don't ratings, watch it. Don't if the watch ratings it. are a disaster, they're going to have to reevaluate because this idea of carrying this on for another seven or eight years the way it is uh, is absolutely. And you know not what the biggest work. problem is, Steve? Is they're teasing us. When they call it a playoff, and they actually the first year, I do believe, with the exception, I believe it was, who was it at the time? Was it Stanford? Somebody at the first year got left out. I was like, ah, I don't know if they would have, but I still felt the first year they got. I, I, I be, well, they I lucked Ohio, out when they had Ohio State I believe Ohio State, State was won. the right, yeah, I believe Ohio State was the right choice. Right. And I was like, this is exciting. But then it's just been disaster after disaster. This year being the biggest disaster. When you exclude people from even having an opportunity Which is to a good win. Thing. Which is a good thing is my point because it is going to create enough of an uproar. People are not this dumb. I'm, 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 I, I really think that. I think, you know, sports fans out there realize that, come on now. This, if you're, this if you be are drawing an ESPN paycheck, you have no credibility in this. We understand. We can't. I, yeah. I understand. You you're you're a house it. guy. You want to keep your job. Yeah, you want to keep too. your position. You're trying to feed your family. I get it. I'm with you. But too. to have any weight in what you have to say about ESPN's made for TV playoff has no weight. The rest of the country is screaming right now. Give us a legitimate Legit playoff. playoff where yes. everyone has a chance. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We got a big day in the NFL ahead of us. But we got to wrap up what actually happened in 2017 and how we got to this current field, field of 12. Those that have earned a right to fight for a Super Bowl championship coming up next. Harbin and Papinga, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I was just telling Brady during the break, I was here with Deb Carson on Sunday watching, you know, the wrap-up of the yeah. season, and pretty much everything was going as I thought it would that day. Uh, I knew the Chargers went big against the Raiders. I wasn't exactly seeing the Del Rio firing, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. So it all came down to one last game. The last game that was actually going on was the Bengals and the Ravens. And we kept looking at the tie breaks and realized that Buffalo was still alive, but they needed the Ravens to lose. Now, I went into that game thinking if there was one, I never even thought about the Bengals beating the Ravens. It was in Baltimore. The Bengals are playing out the string. Well, they Mar- looked like they had already yeah, sort of packed it in. They weren't right. playing for their head coach. Yeah, but they were going to play They may have saved his job Lewis. with that one play. Well, I, I don't know what, what happened. Heck? So anyway, what happened? He's out, was, he's in, now he's in again, but his whole staff's being poached by everybody else. I'm. It's pure Bengal-esque. Our, our Fox Football Sunday concludes with the Sunday MVP. So we're into the last segment. I said, thanks, everybody. Here's the Sunday MVPs. And while this is playing, we suddenly get word that Del Rio had just been fired because that game had just ended. So they say, all right, we're going to play the breaking news sounder coming out of the uh, NFL MVP. So we're watching the end of the game. It's now fourth and 12 at midfield. One last shot for the Bengals. Dalton goes back to pass. He throws over the middle. And off to the races they go. Touchdown. <laughs> I mean, it was like breaking news. Well, sweet. we got two stories to break. Unbelievable loss for the Ravens. Third straight year they missed the playoffs under John Harbaugh. Bills get in the playoffs for the first time since 1999. And when you – if you're a Charger fan like Nick, you, you just shake your head in disbelief. You're like, how is Buffalo in? How did Buffalo, a team that got their doors blown off in L.A. when they threw a JV quarterback, talk about a team that looked like they had thrown in the towel. That was that day where Buffalo, they were like, we're tired of Tyrod right. Taylor. We're going to throw the JV quarterback out there. He throws they've been five seeming like they've been tanking for the whole year, and it's been backfiring. <laughs> I right. Know. I mean, I, well, I was to show they really weren't tanking. They're just they're just recalibrating their team and trying to set certain things into motion that 
I mean, Sean McDermott, how about that? Unbelievable. Such a disastrous decision. And he somehow regained the confidence of the locker room. And yep. his quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, helped him. I mean, fast. I mean, and, and to me, this all is a function. And back to when we, we talk about the viability, the sustainability of the NFL. This is a function of contracts that are not guaranteed. Because I'll tell you what, in the Bills locker room, if Tyrod Taylor, for example, had a guaranteed deal and a bunch of other big-name guys had a guaranteed deal, they would be running the show. And they would have ran McDermott out of town if he would have pulled that. And McDermott would have known that beforehand and would never have even tried that. But because he's able to try that and do that, he lit a fire up, up under Taylor, the whole team, because they all realize, well, we're all expendable here. And lo and behold, their level play rose, and now they're in the playoffs. I mean, it's quite unbelievable, but it's a function of the structure of the NFL, which is non-guaranteed contracts, meaning that the coaches, the personnel people, they really have control and the ability to motivate their players through indirect messages like uh, McDermott did there. But, yeah, I mean, that was I – mean, to me, it was the whole season. We're going to see – you hear all the, the narrative. We're going to see, first, finally, a team in the NFL tank. This is going to be the new way of doing business in the NFL. You're going to tank, get all these picks, you send off all your players, and lo and behold, what do they do? They go, they go qualify the, for the playoffs. All right, let me it. ask you this, Mr. Love it, love it, love it. Mr. Former NFL player who's still younger than those playing in the league, James Harrison. How about his two sacks in his first game as a Patriot? Awesome. Did you just love that? Awesome. Um, all right, so um, let me ask love you this. It, we, it, you know, we, we, we talk about our frustration with the college football playoff. But could you expand the NFL playoffs? Now, you could actually go to eight teams. There could have been a way because you wouldn't even have to add a round because right now you have two teams that have a bye. What yeah. if you eliminate the byes? Everybody plays in the wild card week. I don't mind week. that. I play so both go from, with a bye and without a bye, and it doesn't make a difference. It's but cool, is that is that too much to have half of your teams no. in each conference make the playoffs? Essentially, no, that's what, because in the NBA – and in the end, shell more than half the teams yeah, make it. Because I would say that it's a uh, because it's such a short season. high parity team, right? You know, everybody's so closely grouped together. You had four nine and seven teams yeah, in the I, AFC, I and two you, of them don't make the playoffs. Yeah, because you get to these like you're, we were talking about the the tiebreakers. And you get to them, and some of them are like we don't even understand what they are. And it's like, well, let's just determine it on the field. It's not going to hurt anything. Yeah, the difference between the Bills and make the Ravens money, as a matter was fact. strength of victory. But look, we, and I've said this we, before, yeah. by the way, on the same topic because the topic. Through the first renegotiation of the CBA was let's expand 18 games. Yeah. Well, okay, let's compromise. Instead of expanding the regular season, expand the postseason. Well, you can do both. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I told yeah, you. Yeah. I told but you. Expand the postseason out. starts a, look, at least putting it in the right direction because you're still going to get – there's going to be higher metrics I, I, of money coming in. I told you how in. to do this. In other words, in other, you eliminate the preseason, but they have two weeks of what we call controlled scrimmages that help your teams get ready. Yeah. You go from a 17-week season with 16 games to a 20-week season with 18 games. Every team gets two buys. You expand the rosters. You expand the playoffs to eight teams in each Whoa. conference instead of six. You're giving That's the networks three – no, you're not. No, you're oh, no, only adding a, two more games. You're well, eliminating preseason games. A lot more games, a not lot more like games per team, team, but you, a lot more broadcasting you are giving You are giving the networks three extra weeks. That's huge. Of, you know how much money that is? Yeah. That's, that's money huge. for the owners. That's money for the players. Money for everybody. And then you expand the playoffs to two more teams, more money, more games, more money for everybody. But I'm there. always I'm always on the side of whatever you could determine on the field, yeah. go for it. And that's yeah. and, and I mean it's still sort of I mean I'm not saying like I'm gonna ever question if the How the much Chargers... would you expand the rosters? If I go to an eight teams game schedule over twenty weeks, so you get two bye weeks, what's a reasonable expansion? You could of the... probably put another couple guys, but the first thing that would have to happen is they, they get rid of the, the most worthless mechanism in all of all of the sport. 
an inactive list. What is this thing? Yeah. You're paying the guys anyway, but we're going to consider you inactive. Why? I don't know. But Yeah, why aren't they in uniform? That should be the first step because that'll help everything out already. And then you could add probably two more guys. See, what I think is just like the NBA. You know how the NBA has these two-way contracts with like yeah. the development, but you can go back and forth? They should have it for practice squad guys to where you have two-way contracts. Yeah. Or depending on the week, the needs of the team, the injuries, you can go back and forth. Yeah, why can't teams protect their practice squad? The idea I'm is with you. a practice you squad, if you have more. a guy at practice squad, you could lose him immediately if somebody adds him to their 53. Yeah, well, I would say that you just pay him more. Right. You pay him far and above what they'd be getting as practice squad, but maybe a little less than what they'd be well, getting. Well, why even have a practice squad? Just include him on the roster. That's another option. Oh, but again, like you say, create a situation where well, you, you know, can at least move them too. back and forth. There's no cap on what you can play, pay practice squad guys either. Right. There was times where the Packers, when we had a gluttony of talent. I mean, 2009, people don't realize how many st- guys that were starters and eventually became starters on defense, all 20, all 22 of the two deep were at one time full-time starters for a season or eventually became full-time starters. Offensively, I, I believe it was in the 18s. And, that, and that's the team that went on to win. That same core went on to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and we had a guy by the name of Giacomini. So now they call him Giacomini. But he's with the uh, Houston Texans, was with the Jets for a number of uh, years. That year in 09, he got cut, and he was sitting around, and they were trying to put him on the practice squad, and he was sort of sitting around, and Ted's like, don't leave. We're going to pay you better than if you went on somebody's roster. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. It's great. (laughs) Well, I mean, mean, the point is is that it's already sort of happening with certain cases. So it would be pretty natural just to, uh, to make it official. Well, again, the the networks are looking for something. Ratings down 9.7% this year. Are you after concerned about that? Point. Well, I, I'm not concerned about it. What I would be is the networks. The networks are saying we, on average, lost 1.6 million viewers per game. But do you really believe 1.6 million that's a lack of per... interest or a, 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 an adjustment well, or an evolution of how the game well, needs to look be okay. served Look, I'm a to network executive right now. Yeah. I'm staring at, you know, renewals that come up in 2021, 2022, and, and I've seen a, a precipitous drop in ratings. But it's their you, way of measuring those different. This that doesn't their, matter how many does people matter are because watching. I am, I'm a bottom line guy. Because what if, how many eyeballs are there, watching my network Steve, watch your product? But isn't there like some kind of there's kind of regulations of how they measure? Like you have to be watching the game for X amount of time, right? It doesn't matter. It's eyeballs on the TV. Yeah, for a certain here, amount of time. But if you got the, the millenniums who are flipping for, between the, channels, look. The bottom line is the going NFL, to the Twitter, go back this? here, back. You know what I'm saying? It's not the same it, as it, it used was. To it was bad news, good news. You know, with all the talk about the drop in ratings, how about this? Thirty most watched television shows this year of the top 30 for 2017 NFL 20 games. of them were nfl games yeah 20 of the Still, 30 most watched close. television yeah. broadcasts were nfl games you know what's also on that list yeah game six and seven of the world series made that list there was no nba games on that list <laughs> uh there was the oscars the grammy awards uh the inauguration of president trump top 30 most watched programs in 2017 Still. 30, uh, 20 why, of the 30 ran up. That's why if you're I, – I believe if you're looking at the old metrics that try to yeah. determine the eyes and the, your exposure, you're missing the whole point. And how about this? Sunday Night Football was the number one rated show on television for the seventh consecutive year. Wow. Breaking the all-time record for most consecutive years as the number one rated show was uh, American Idol, which I, ironically was six years in a row leading up to wow. uh, Sunday Night Football. So Sunday Night Football, the number one rated show on television for the seventh consecutive year, even with the ratings drop. Now, the concern that? for the NFL is you could say, well, you know, maybe there's an over oversaturation of sports. NBA ratings are up. 
Now, they're still nowhere near where the NFL is, but while the NFL is trending down, the NBA, which shocks me because how many games are really watchable in the NBA? I mean, obviously the Warriors, you got the Cavaliers. How many teams are worth watching? I'm wearing a black uh, Lakers cap in mourning of what is a disaster (laughs) for a once-proud franchise. All right, uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Alex Marvez. Uh, he's going to break it down. We get ready for this unbelievable wild card weekend. But let's bring on David Gascon right now. David, What's up, David? We are fired up today, David. How, how did you feel about Central Florida claiming the national championship? <laughs> Why the hell not? Exactly. <laughs> they have as Why? much right to it as anyone else. Did anybody yeah, beat them? And, and I true. think the biggest thing, too, is you do that for recruiting purposes because you lose your entire coaching staff and you need something to build on for the next season. Well, their yeah. point was, look, we didn't get invited to the dance, but we beat Auburn, who beat Georgia and Alabama. Exactly. So I, we're done. And, we won. And that's the thing. For I mean, I kind of echo the sentiments of you guys. I would love to see seeing an eight-team playoff. Yeah. Uh, you got the Power Fives, but also you got plenty of teams that are c- capable, especially like Ohio State, those programs that get hot later on in the year, but they don't have enough ground to make things up. So, yep. unfortunate for them, but, you know, as you guys had mentioned, this is more of a sports show than anything, so it's not about right. the competition. What if the NFL had said, look, no no wild card. There's <laughs> yeah. no such thing. And, and, and how many uh, NFL and Super Bowl champions have, have been wild card teams? Yeah, a lot. Exactly. Yep. I mean, same I thing know. in baseball. Division two football does not have a problem with it, so no. I don't know why D one does. No. But anyways, no, we, it's school. We, they don't want to take them out of school. Right. Yeah. Right. Academics. These guys. That, <laughs> it's uh, more important at Division one level. By the yeah, way, much that's what they're more, saying. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Steve, you were you're mourning the Los Angeles Lakers. One note on oh. them: uh, they've released center Andrew Bogut today. I know he'll be disappointed about that news. Yeah, that'll turn things around. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that that was the that was the big problem. That was Andrew the weight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the excess it, yeah. weight right there. In college basketball, North Carolina and Virginia are going at it. Cavaliers lead by six twenty four to eighteen. Clemson over Louisville by six forty to thirty four. And a ball game that's on Fox. Providence leads Xavier fifty nine to fifty three. And the NFL will talk about it all weekend long. Wild card weekend is here. NFL Network scene Rappaport does report that the Tennessee Titans might be booting head coach Mike Malarkey if he does not win this weekend. And if he doesn't, Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels could get a possible interview. Ian Rappaport is also reporting the Kansas City Chiefs are looking at the possibility of trading Alex Smith during the offseason. Panthers head coach Ron Rivera gets an extension with the team two years and $15.5 million. And Oakland Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie declined the Packers' request to interview him for their GM spot. Stay tuned on all of that. All right, David, thanks so much. Good stuff right there. All right, once again, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, uh, Alex Marvez is going to be joining us here shortly. Again, we get ready for the games today. We got the Chiefs up first against the Titans. You know, the Chiefs have the second-worst all-time playoff record of any NFL team winning percentage. They have well, not won a home playoff game. they won game. a Super Bowl, though. Yeah, well, they did. Back they in got their that going for them. They have not won a home playoff game since Joe Montana was their quarterback. Yikes. Yeah, they've lost five consecutive gonna change home this playoff games. The only playoff game they have won since Joe Montana was that game against Houston at Houston when they had Brian Hoyer out there throw four interceptions and yep. what was maybe the worst performance ever by a quarterback yeah. in a playoff yeah, game. Yeah, I'm saying that this, this is my prediction. Tennessee's going down. 
Merlarkey, Merlackey, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, Merlarkey, yes. Yeah, well, uh, Tennessee is one of the worst teams ever, I think, to actually make it a playoffs. Joining us right now, Sirius XM NFL Radio, Sporting News NFL Insider, Alex Marvez is <gasps> joining us. Alex, before we even get to the whole playoff scenario right now, NFL ratings down 9.7% the year after they were down 8%. Of course, the 8% was written off. Well, we had to go up against the election and everything else. Uh, we, we hear nothing but, ah, we'll be fine. And, yes, 20 of the top 30 most watched TV programs in 2017 were still NFL games. Well, what do you think is going on behind the scenes as we count down to 21, 22, when the NFL is going to have to negotiate their next network contracts? Well, I think we're going to see some change. I mean, first, are ESPN and Fox, I mean, that sale, are they bidding against themselves? I mean, can they get, you know, what's going to happen? Or is there another network that wants to potentially expend a package? Are we talking about Internet rights, digital streaming, these things? The landscape's going to be very different by that time in terms of television. And the other thing that I think needs to be noted is how many people are cutting the cable it comes to watching games, are they watching it in different ways, digesting content in different ways? The NFL is still making a mint when it comes to advertising dollars and things like that. But is it a reason for alarm? Absolutely. Why are people tuning out? What is it? Is it the, is it the kneeling that's done it? Is it you know something to do with the, the game? Is it just too slow? Are just young people not interested in standing or sitting in front of a TV for three hours when you can watch a soccer match, for example, an hour 45 and be done? I mean, these are the fair questions that the NFL has to continue to ask itself as these numbers continue to drop and i want to shift from that to what the hottest topic is right now and that's the patriots they're dismantling at the saves the success that they've been experiencing up to this point alex is over bill belichick is going to the giants right you're you're going to tell us that here coming up next as a breaking news yeah if, if that's what you want to hear no problem brady i'm more than happy to tell you and i know that i I, re, I get your twitter account and i understand you didn't think it was that big a story am i correct about that you are you're exactly right well what was in that story i mean i like seth wickersham but that that story was overhyped i mean outside of the yeah, fact that brady told josh mcdaniel's f you the rest Which of it happens probably every day by the way every day is basically we came away from the article that both Bra- all brady belichick and bob crap have big egos okay that's that's a story <laughs> Well, interestingly enough, who did the hyping on this story? Someone ESPN. who leaked this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, not actually, it wasn't even ESPN got hosed. You think about it. That story was supposed to be released at 8 a.m. on a Friday. Right. They had to move it up to 1 a.m. on a Friday because they, they were afraid it was going to leak out because word had already gotten out about a budget line that was an internal memo that came out in, in, you know, in the public. So all of a sudden, people had preconceived notions about what this article was. I learned some things. From the story, I thought that were interesting. I don't think that Seth caught, said that specifically this is the absolute end of the New England Patriots, but I think there are some things that probably have to be dealt with in the offseason in terms of Alex Guerrero and his reach with this New England Patriots team. Can there be a, a an understanding between the, the Brady camp and the Belichick camp as far as this guy goes? Is Robert Kraft going to have to get involved, et cetera? But listen, these guys are so good at minimizing this. They had a guy who murdered people on their team and didn't <laughs> let it distract them, okay? They had deflated footballs. They had illegally videotaped practices. They had all Tim of Tebow things. there, and it still didn't. Nothing distracts the yeah, Patriots. Nothing. They I, get it. You know why? It's the same concept that Nick Saban preaches, and now Kirby Smart is preaching. It's that whole living in the moment type thing. You know, that's why Belichick bristles and, and calls the media slappies, basically, when they say, well, four of the past five times you've gone to South Florida, you've lost. There's no correlation to him. They're all individual games, individual matchups, and that's the thing that he excels at is getting guys to buy into it. The Patriots still do just Well, that. you know, here's the thing. With all due respect to Seth, and I have respect for him as a writer and as a reporter, 
uh, I've had a lot of friends over the years with ESPN that flat out told me, look, man, we, we got to come up with storylines. I mean, they get so much pressure, you know, covering their individual beats. What? Come up with something. Well, what if there's nothing really there? <laughs> Don't worry about it. If you got even a, a slimmer of something, make a story of it. It is a mandate from ESPN. So that's, well, I, I, mean, I mean, that's just the way it works right. over there. Right, and there's pressure to come up with things or repackaging of storylines. Hey, did you hear today on NFL Network that the Kansas City Chiefs may be interested in trading Alex Smith this right. offseason? Did you hear about that? Well, really interesting. Yeah. New stuff there, right? I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. I get it. And, and, you know, again, look, everyone has to do their job. Everyone has an employer and you have to answer to. But I, I think, again, there was, I liked it as a read. If you went into it hyped up that, that this is, you know, you, you have an anti-Patriots bias or a pro-Patriots bias, I can understand you'd have real strong feelings on the story. I just found it to be an interesting story, if nothing else, that taught me a few things about Patriots' way and what I believe is going on there. All right. Uh, the Gruden story. I was um, at the Golovkin fight, the Triple G fight in Vegas, and I was mm-hmm. told by someone that I trust with Raider News, with my own history working for the Silver and Black, that told me it's a done deal. I go, what's a done deal? So this was uh, this was September 16th was the uh, Canelo <laughs> fight. It's a done deal. Regardless of what happens this year, John Gruden will be the coach. I said, what do you mean it's a done deal? He, I, what about Del Rio? I mean, they're coming off a 12-4 and season. Doesn't matter. They are already going to do whatever it takes to get Gruden. I said, I've heard this before. I mean, his asking price is what, like 10 years, 100 million, whatever it's going to take. They go, they are going to meet that price. So it certainly came as no shock to me. Of course, uh, Del Rio made it easy on himself by, you know, you know, losing this year. But uh, what can you tell us more insight on how this came down? If I'm getting a Raider insider in September saying it's already a done deal, what what is the real story here about Gruden and the kind of contract he's going to receive and his future as the Raiders coach? Well, you know, that's the whole thing. It's the devil's in the details, right? And remember at this time last week, it was floated out there, I'm assuming by his agent, if I'm connecting dots here, about a potential ownership stake in the, in the Oakland Raiders. Think about that, right? That, that's not happening. Doesn't but that, whole have to be, that has to be approved by the other NFL owners. Of course, it's a silly story, and it's being reported, though, because the agent wants this out there, potentially to try to sweeten the deal even more. Maybe someone comes in at the last minute and says, hey, well, listen, if the Raiders are offering this, we'll offer this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I get it. That, that's the nature of the business. By the way, Jack Del Rio and John Gruden have the same agent. Hmm. Interesting mm-hmm. how all that Interesting. works, right? Yeah. And yeah, by the way, and Mary, by the way, don't, don't uh, cry for Del Rio. How many years did he have to get paid off? At least $10 million, right? Well, he could, yeah, he's got three years left, but there's a pride thing. The guy wants to coach. I mean, right. he wants to win. That was his hometown team. I mean, that's a, that's a tough deal, you know. But listen, things fell apart at the seams, behind the scenes there. You know, and, you know, people talked about that Raiders game and how, oh, the offensive lineman didn't block. I'm not going to say that, but that's where a lot of trouble began with this Oakland Raiders team, where, you know, how are we going to handle the national anthem? And maybe Donald, you know, Donald Trump is semi-responsible for all these changes for the Oakland Raiders because at that point you had players who were really upset with the way Derek Carr wanted to handle things as opposed to the way some other players wanted to handle things. You know, keeping Ken Norton Jr. around for another year, he was overmatched as defensive coordinator, but he was popular with the players. And then when you fire him in season, you know, Bruce Irvin, the way he responded, walking out of the facility, you had the Marshawn Lynch drama. All of these things just spiraled out of control on Jack Del Rio. But, you know, John Gruden's unhappiness with the situation at ESPN, he 
wasn't having as much fun when he wasn't working with Mike Tirico. It wasn't the same thing with Sean McDonough that he was enjoying. And the fact to come back for this type of money, really, and, and you know, I started hearing the rumors about, what, three, four weeks ago about him contacting assistants who are under contract with other teams, by the way, and could potentially look at tampering issues uh, mm-hmm. with this whole situation. But that being said, he started contacting guys, and that's when it looked like an earnest he was going to come back. It just took Mark Davis to pull the trigger. Now, what the, the devil's going to be in the details on this contract. Is there a buyout clause at any point along the way? And maybe even for either party, because what if John Gruden doesn't want to be with the Oakland Raiders anymore? What if he feels they're the Las Vegas Raiders? What if he feels that he wants to go back to doing something else, coaching somewhere else? So it's going to be fascinating to see when the devil, when the details are out in that contract, what it looks like and if it's a true $100 million guaranteed. Mm. And then with, I want to go back to the, the Bill Belichick rumors to the, the Giants. You got David Gettleman there already. I mean, Bill Belichick's a general manager. I mean, it, that that can't be true, can it? And then if it's not, then who who really is in contention for that job? Well, I mean, listen, the, the, the reality is that the New York Daily News and Gary Myers, who has been around for a long time and knows people, he quotes a friend of Bill saying that Bill, if he was going to coach anywhere else, it could be the New York Giants. That doesn't mean he's going to be head coach of the New York Giants, but it's, you know, in this day and age, these types of things get sensationalized. Nobody actually thinks about, you know, following through on like what you say. They already have Dave Gettleman, right? This is working in advance. Yeah. Do you think that someone maybe from the Belichick camp would have reached out casually to John Mayer <laughs> and said, listen, this is an option for us. Maybe we can, maybe this is how you want to go before you hire a general manager. I, I mean, that's so, I mean, Look, it's just it's the, the smell test on this stuff, okay? I, I really believe that the Giants right now, they may end up with Steve Wilkes as their head coach, the Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator. Although mm. there's been so much buzz because they want, you know, there was talk about we want a veteran guy who's in here. And Jim Schwartz's name has come up. And, you know, earlier in the week, Jim Schwartz was a leader in the clubhouse, but things may have cooled off on him. I really believe this is a little bit more of an open search than what you've had in some other teams. You know, we just, I'm hearing Pat Shermer either Chicago or Arizona, Matt Patricia to Detroit, you know, and, and then some other, you know, we're starting to connect some dots. Josh McDaniels potentially to, you know, to Indianapolis or to Tennessee, depending upon whether a head coaching change is actually made after the Titans game today, if they lose. So, you know, a lot going on as far as these things go, but Bill Belichick is not in that mix. The great Alex Marvez. So Boom. much, so much in such a little amount of time, about more, 400 more questions, but we have to cut it off there. Alex, great job as always. Happy new year. We'll talk to you next week. Fantastic. We'll do it again. Thank you so much. All right, Alex Thanks, Marvez Alex. there, Sirius XM NFL Radio, Sporting News NFL Insider. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We have much more insight on the Gruden hire by the Raiders coming up next. Hopping at Papinga, Fox Football Saturday. Great news. Quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. So Tuesday, the... Raiders will have a press conference. I love how it's not official yet because technically Gruden's still working for ESPN, uh, but he will be the new, a new coach of the Oakland Raiders, 10-year deal. By the way, that's not unprecedented. When Jimmy Johnson left Miami yeah, to get the Dallas job, that was yeah. a 10-year contract. Tom Landry had a 10-year contract with the Cowboys. So 10 years. Now, the $100 million, we don't know that. that. That is a presumed number, and where that number came from is five years ago. People were saying, well, what would it take for Gruden to uh, – Really? And they view it like a 10-year, $100 million deal. Uh, one thing we know he did not get is a ownership stake in the team, and that's because 
anytime you try to sell off any portion of ownership of an NFL team, it has to be approved by all the other owners. They make sure they have total control of anybody that has even one cent of ownership in the NFL. And the last thing they want to do, Brady, is open that Pandora's box of giving a coach a piece oh. of the pie because then every coach in the NFL will say, wow, there just it keeps is. keeps going, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to go there. slope. All right, John Gruden. Here is the reality of John Gruden, what we call the myth of John Gruden. Let's go back. Okay. When Al Davis hired him 20 years ago, the Raiders were in this uh, upheaval. They've been going through coaches. They had had Mike White for a couple of years after they fired Art Shell. Joe Bugle was a one and done. Al Davis had, was enamored with young coaches because he himself was hired as a 33-year-old coach of the Raiders. John Manning was 32 and obviously had great success. So he sees this guy Gruden, and his first year they were 8-8, eight and eight, which basically they were an idol. And then they acquired Rich Gannon from the Kansas City Chiefs. Rich Gannon had been in the league 12 years. He was one of those guys you, you would watch on the eyeball test that, why isn't this guy getting really a shot as a starter? He played yeah. well in Minnesota. He had played well in Kansas City. He was in the AFC West. He knew the AFC West. And the, the thinking was is that Gruden made Gannon a star when in reality it was the other way around. Gannon <laughs> was the guy that made Gruden's offense work. He uh-huh, understood okay. it. He was a veteran. He knew how to play against the AFC West. Also helped that he had two Hall of Fame wide receivers and Jerry Rice and Tim Brown. It did help, yeah. So they had all these players in place. The defense is pretty good, too. All right, so here's what happens. Al Davis was never comfortable with players whose spotlight or coaches was bigger than the team. He was getting tired of the Chucky routine. He trades him to Tampa Bay. He inherits the best defense in the league, and he gets to play against his former team when there was not a two-week buy, only a one-week buy. Well, took didn't advantage. hurt that the starting center went off the reservation. Yeah, exactly, but he, literally after the game, Tampa but said – you got to give him credit. Do, you got to give credit. He took the exact same team that a great Tony Dungy could never get over the top, especially in colder weather, and – and he won in Philly in sub forty degree weather. Yeah, yeah that was Andy Reid. Which Reed. Tony Dungy never was able to do, and then took him to the Super yeah. Bowl. So you got to give him some credit because right, he did so, something that another great coach and Tony was Dungy was able, that unable to do. Tampa Bay players literally said, "We knew every play before it happened." Gannon threw five interceptions. He literally nothing worked. All right. Long course, story short, film study. after that year, he in his last six years in Tampa, he was forty five and fifty one and zero and two in the playoffs, and he gets fired. And the one thing that you think, if you don't know John Gruden, is that he is some quarterback guru. We see him in the film room on that TV show. (laughs) He's breaking it down with these young quarterbacks. His young quarterback to develop was Chris Sims. He never turned out to be All the hype out of the University of Texas. All big hype. Chris Sims could not develop him. They end up signing another veteran, Garcia, who was a quality veteran, to help win some games. The bottom line is the one thing Gruden does. He's not an offensive guru. Tampa never was ranked higher than 10th. They were in the well, bottom ten in the league in total offense. You're talking total four offense. Four of the seven that's, that's even a metric score, doesn't, How about this? Scoring offense. How's that? But they were 31st in the league one uh, year under Gruden. On his defense, you don't. If what you, defense? You, well, I'm going to tell you. If your if your defense is the foundation, yeah, you're going to run the ball, c- clock, the, uh, control the clock, and put your defense in ideal situations. Okay, but to he succeed. doesn't have that defense in Oakland so, right now. I understand and, that. I understand but the idea that he was playing his defense. David so you know Carr that. is like the uh, Derek Carr is like the happiest guy in the world now that he has John Gruden. Really? The fact is, is that quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, have failed under John Gruden. They have Carter's not gonna be thrived. Carr's going to be different. Because He's already a main You know what product. they're going to do? They're, they're, well, that's my point. He's already good. What but is John Gruden going to bring to the game? What they're going to do is they're going to actually run the ball. They're going to commit to having a run scheme that's going to be effective. I've played against John Gruden. 
The second thing is, is they have nice play action pass compliments off of that. They were in the bottom ten of rushing offense four of his seven years in Tampa. needs, man, and most quarterbacks. I mean, there's very few. Aaron's, Tom Brady are the two exceptions, but you give them a good running game that they could use that play action to manipulate defenses, you'll watch a huge uptick with Derek Carr. All right, I will say this. From a PR standpoint, it makes Fantastic. sense. you got to yeah. sell tickets in Vegas. I get it. But as far as Gruden, the coach, the jury is at least out. All right, there's a big decision from the Geico Fox Sports Radio for the future of the Chargers coming up. Rolling on a Saturday. Yes, not just any Saturday. A Fox football Saturday as we get ready for the start of the NFL playoffs. A little more than two hours away. Kickoff of the Chiefs and the Titans, the first of four wild card games this weekend. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. One team that will not be playing this weekend is the Los Angeles Chargers, who had a remarkable season. They really did. I mean, after with a move to a city, they didn't care about them. Played in a stadium that was like a... Division II stadium wasn't right. even a true NFL and stadium. In a soccer a stadium where, yeah. I mean, they essentially played 16 row games this year. I mean, that's no exaggeration. If you saw <laughs> the crowds, they played 16 row games this year. They started 0-4 with a rookie head coach, and they win nine of their last 12. And Boom. I don't think anybody here is going to argue the fact that today the Chargers are a better team than the Titans and the Bills. Yeah. The two teams that are wild card teams in the AFC. Nobody sure. is going to argue that point. So now what for the Chargers? Now, I I am thinking the Chargers are in a perfect situation if they're thinking straight. And the precursor on if, this is right? right, that's a big if. <laughs> but the precursor on this is this one point that has to be made. Are they really committed to Los Angeles? And the reason I ask that is is that they haven't paid any relocation money and they're are not, not required to. to. You know that. They haven't sold a single PSL yet for the new stadium. In other words, they haven't really invested anything in L.A. yet. And they're not going to. Okay. but They're going back to San Diego. I'm telling you right now. Okay. Well, that's a possibility. But I, I, yeah, but they're going I, back. I, I, I love, I, not I'll, with I'll Spanos. Spanos isn't taking them back. I'm right. telling you. He's All selling right. it off eventually. All right. Well, that's, Somebody I, love, else is I, I, I like where you're going. But yeah. let, let's let's – Stay, but if they but if they are committed to LA, this will be the real test. Oh, because you have a golden opportunity to make a blockbuster deal that will change their whole dynamic in Los Angeles. Hmm. The Cleveland Browns have the number one pick in the draft, and we know they're looking quarterback. But the Cleveland Browns also have the number four pick in the draft. Yeah. So if you're the Chargers, and right now Philip Rivers' stock went up this year. Outside of those two disasters he had against Kansas City, you still you still got to get he's a quality competition guy. in there. Right, got to get it in there. Ah, uh, you got it. If that's uh, if you got one staring uh, at you in the face like Deshaun Watson was this last year, and you don't pull the trigger, then right. you're like you're talking about that. If they think correctly, you're not thinking correctly. All right, it's there's done. there's two ways this goes. First of all, I am on the phone with Cleveland immediately for the number one pick in the draft to get Sam Darnold. All right. Sam Darnold does two things. Purposes. I mean, yeah. absolutely. I, I guarantee if you, if you're this. If, Sam in LA, Darnold, yeah. if you're invested in L.A., you put Sam Darnold in that Charger uniform, oh, you're not going to see a stadium full of the other fans. That is going to be That's an true. old Charger, <laughs> everyone donning their Darnold jerseys. That's all right? True. That will do it. And think about this from Cleveland's standpoint. We know Cleveland's stockpiling picks. A quarterback alone is not going to get Cleveland turned around. But they have the fourth <laughs> pick in the draft. They can still get a quarterback. They can still get a quarterback. 
You're well, the Chargers. Who? All you have to do is this. You give up your number one pick this year, middle first round pick, and next year number one. Maybe a second. Whatever it takes. You do you what the Rams did. That, yeah. Well, you do what the Rams did to get the number one pick to get golf. What Philadelphia did to get the number two overall True. pick from Wentz. You do that deal. You get Darno. Now it's up to Rivers. Rivers has a no trade. Here's We're going to throw some things at you. I wouldn't trade The Arizona him. Cardinals need a quarterback right now. Carson Palmer just retired. That's an 8-8 eight eight team. They'll need a new coach. We don't know what the coaching situation is. I want to get rid of you. You're, you're suggesting getting rid of Phil Rivers. I'm not saying that. Oh, I'm okay. just saying you might add pieces. So the question, I mean, there's a lot of layers to this, but let's let's talk about the Rivers. Again, he has a no trade. He could say, I'm not going anywhere. Sure. All right, I'm going to stay here and run it out as a charger, and he has every right to do that. But you throw it out there, there's two teams that he might consider. One hmm. of them is Arizona. The other is Jacksonville, another team that has got a defense. Blake Bortles is not likely to come back. But he doesn't want to travel anywhere. But and he thinks Jacksonville he, is a lot closer to his home base I'm than Alabama. Philip Rivers is not mentally strong enough to do all what you're saying. He's not. He's not in that place. But he's, he's not even mentally strong enough of, to have competition. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what tells me that. I mean, if he's not mentally tough enough to say, to, oh, I can bring in a young quarterback and I'm not going to let it bother me. Can you imagine if he has a bad game he's and not the fans anywhere. are screaming for Sam Darnold oh, he's in the game? Oh, he's going to go fetal position and start sucking his thumb at the 50-yard line. I'm giving him the option. We'll avoid all that. You're gone now. We're going to do that. We're He'll gonna, just retire. He's not moving his family across. He's country. not going to walk away from all that money. Are you yeah, crazy? Will. Yeah, he think he's good. He's good. He's he's going to go out with that. Yeah, he's no. not going anywhere. Fine, if you want to retire, but and if you're I mean, the Chargers, here's my and- thing. He's he and he's I, Tom Telesco, man. After they, I forget which game they won. He ran up to Philip and gave him the biggest bro hug. Yeah. I, the, so the guy running the show is is Philip. They're not going to pick a quarterback. Telling you. Oh, I know that because they're not a progressive so, thinking team. Yeah, they're so afraid of Philip Rivers. Of him and if you a are going to stay in L.A., just, then by the time you do move in that new stadium in 2020, you'll have Rivers in his 17th year. His he's contract will have expired, by the way, so you're not even going to resign him. He's done. I'm telling you, the Chargers this is going to be the San Diego Chargers again. Nick, you're a Charger fan. Do you understand if you get Sam Darnold right now, and it is very possible to get him because Cleveland has those two high picks in the first round, you are guaranteeing that by year three of Sam Darnold, you're moving into that new stadium. You've got the star, Sam Darnold at quarterback, instead of a Phillip Rivers that is a zero in L.A. It's not that Phillip isn't a good player. He's a great player. He's a great quarterback. He proved it this year, with except that he choked in the two biggest games of the year. But that aside, the fact is he does not register. He's not putting butts in seats. Sam Darnold butts. will absolutely jam that little soccer stadium and if he develops into the quarterback, I think you and I both agree he has the ability to be, if he has yeah. the right coaching, yeah. he'll be a star by the time they move in to that new stadium. This is finally the time for them to do something like this, Steve. But like you said, they aren't really a progressive team. Well, they, then they, they're that's, that's why they're losers. But Anthony Lynn, <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Lynn and Rivers didn't get along. I mean, I don't think it'd be I know really that. shocking for, for your scenario. All right, happen. let me give you another scenario for the Chargers. You the ready reason why they don't get along is because Rivers knows very well that he is not talking about Lynn, looking at him like the answer for the foreseeable future. He is continuously looking for a replacement, and that makes Philip Rivers very uneasy because he's been entitled. He's been spoiled beyond belief. He thinks he can manipulate 
the franchise, which I think he does already with Tom Telesco, yes. only to choke in critical games that determine your playoff destiny, which that's the kind of quarterback that has that kind of clout. Not Phillip Rivers, and he's living in an alternate universe. Did you see what I tweeted out after they blew out the yeah, Raiders? Yeah, you did. I saw I that. I nailed it. And by the way, what I said was <laughs> the, char- the Chargers, the Chargers missed Chargers <laughs> miss the playoffs for the seventh time in the last eight years with no division titles. When are they getting a quarterback that actually delivers in the games that actually matter? Exactly. As opposed to blowout wins against inferior teams like the Raiders. All right, <laughs> let me give you another scenario for the Chargers right now. Let's All say right. they don't pull the trigger, and they won't, on, on getting the number one pick. But they're sitting there in the middle of the first round, and guess who's dropping down the charts? Rosen? Lamar Jackson. Ooh. Suddenly, Lamar Jackson is sitting uh, there on the board. I'm going to tell you right now. And you're I'd Anthony be, Lynn, I'd and you're saying to yourself, well, he'll take now this is second. a guy, uh, yes. I would say that if, I, I would say this, because Anthony Lynn had that, uh, he had Tyrod Taylor. Yes. He wants to run it. I think he runs once a Who has more talent, Tyrod Taylor oh, or Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson by a long shot. By a long shot. Lamar's special. He's special. Anybody he's trying to poke holes in his game. Bo- so how would that dynamic work if they did draft Lamar Jackson in the first round at number 18, 20, whatever well, This is what would be cool. If they would be willing to just immediately go to the read option style offense and just go full, 100% committed to it, Phillip would be God. I think Wisenhunt is capable of adjusting. I do think Ken Wisenhunt can adjust. Well, if Anthony Lynn wants him to, he will. And Anthony yes. Lynn has experience doing I that think as Anthony well. Anthony Lynn has got some power right now. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's I a thought cool, he did a heck of a job. He's a cool dude, man. I, I, I sat down, had an interview with him during the Super Bowl week. Right. I was impressed. I liked him. Immediately, that was the first thing. Like, I like this he guy. I have in no himself. problem playing I mean, for him. He held that team together. A rookie coach. Yeah, but he's got poise. He's cool. He, I like him. He's relatable. A he's a player's first coach. I, I think he is forcing his will on that organization. He's got a little uh, cachet right now, the way yeah. they finish this year. So if, he just can't let Philip ruin it. Like Philip keeps you. ruining for everybody. When they seems like they gain momentum, Philip jumps in and imposes. Well, duh, if you draft a quarterback, you're gonna hurt my feelings. I told him. See, a lot of people did not hear. <laughs> our, oh my god! The interview our station did with Philip the day after the draft when he was asked, "What if they had actually taken Deshaun exactly. Watson?" He's start, like, "That crying. would have been bad. That yeah. would have been bad." He started it was like, cheering why? up. Why would that be bad that they would take a young quarterback well, to develop for the future? Um, Lamar Jackson's a very intriguing guy right now. I love Lamar. He's my second guy on the board. You know he actually ended this year with more yards passing and more yards rushing than last year? And he won the Heisman last year. I'm telling you, man, this guy is going to be – well, it's all about where he lands. Yes. And, I mean, if – I hope give me, people give me, draft give me an offensive him are paying Give me somebody that understands how to design the proper offense to best utilize the talents of Lamar Jackson. Well, is there such Bill a O'Brien did a fantastic job with Deshaun Watson last year. Yeah. Um, let me think across this landscape here. I, I mean, every coach, it, it's not a matter of are they capable. Every coach is capable of doing it. The question is, are you willing to take that Risk, right? That sort of is you're going to be you're going into no man's land because you haven't done the it. One at guy the NFL. that can't do it is Mike McCarthy. Well, he can do it. It's built into his offense. He just doesn't, like I said, he doesn't have the risk tolerance to go in full guns ablazes on that type of style. Which, like I'm saying, like Alex Smith and Andy Reid. Alex Smith's been running that offense. It's read option offense for the last three years. He's done fine. You look at what Carson Wentz has done with Doug Peterson, same offense. You look at what Car- uh, Cam Newton, same thing. Uh, Russell Wilson, same thing. Those are all read option style offenses. Then when Deshaun Watson was in there, same thing. This isn't hard. I mean, it's a simple mechanics adjustment. Oh, you know, even in uh, Linehan down in Dallas with Dak Prescott, same thing. I mean, this is so easy of adjustment. But again, it's going to come down to an offensive coordinator who basically are going to, ha- in my opinion, if you're going to the executives who make that decision and you have to tell them, this is the offense we're going to run with him, 
I'm not going to change it. Otherwise, don't draft him. You know, don't be like Malarkey down in Tennessee where you're doing like half in, half out. You're not fully committed to letting a running quarterback be in his element. You've got to go full in or he's not going to be very good. He's just, he's just, you're just not putting him in, the, in a position to succeed. So anybody could do it in this league. It comes down to if they're willing to take that risk, which right now it's a perceived risk because they think that they're exposing the quarterback and – well, you know, I, I will say this, college if the offense, Chargers, which is inferior to the pro game, all, right. that, all that crap. If the Chargers are committed, and that's the other big if. Again, you don't if, know. If man. they're not, if they're just ready to sell the team, and who knows, maybe even move the team back to San Diego, then everything we're, but everything we're talking about is a team, point. But think about it. If they, even if they want to sell the team, they they're going to they want gotta it, think of the future. Yeah, but they want it to be in a good situation. Of course they do. You know what I mean? That's going to maximize their dollar. Can you imagine if Telesco goes another year without drafting a quarterback with all the guys that are available this year? Well, it depends on who's looking at I mean, last year was inexcusable. You have Deshaun Watson, yes, staring you in the right there, eyes, and you man. took his receiver, Mike Williams, With who back was a problems. zero. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? If that, I mean, it can't happen again. Now, if I, I get it. If the, if, the, if Sam Donald's off the board, Lamar Jackson's off the board, eh, Baker Mayfield's another guy. I would say uh, would be right, my third guy. I, I and if he's Baker off Mayfield. the board, yeah. but th- I would then I would say okay. I'm telling you, Lamar Jackson's good sitting passing. at eighteen. Boom, done. Right. Oh. Uh, him or Baker right. Mayfield, I would I would be tempted to take him both. Right. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, we're going to start getting ready for some of the games, including the first game up. What's at stake for the future of the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. as they head into the playoffs? We're going to tell you. Hi, my Papinga. What's it mean when Geico says this 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right. We get the uh, wild card game started today. The Chiefs are hosting the Titans. Uh, the Titans arguably are about as bad a team as ever gotten into the playoffs. They just staggered in. <laughs> Jacksonville <laughs> essentially gave them the game. And even then, when you had the one play where Mariota and Derrick Henry, the two Heisman runners, ran into each other, fumbled the ball, and the Jags picked it up and ran it for a touchdown. Um, Chiefs should win easily today. But I want to ask you this, uh, Brady, about the yeah. future of the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alex Smith, they they decided to draft Pat Mahomes. In fact, they moved up in the draft to take Pat oh, Mahomes. they gave up a, a load to get the guy. And Huge a lot of people of thought that might light a fire under Alex Smith. And it guess sure what? Did. It did. He led the NFL in passing efficiency. He had the best year of his career. One of the things that was really different for, with Alex Smith this year was throwing the ball down the field. Instead of just aggressive. being a... Safe quarterback, yeah. he led the NFL quarterbacks in yards per attempt, a stat that he's never really excelled at, <laughs> still completing over 67% of his passes, still only threw five interceptions on the year. So all the things he had done well, he added to that yeah. this year. And yet there are people that think that that's it for Alex Smith, that, you know, whatever ends up happening I'm in the one playoffs. Of all right, so let's talk about this. I assume they're going to win today. Can we assume they're going to win today? I, I I look at, uh, yeah, I believe they will. I am already predicting mm-hmm. that they're going to beat the Patriots. You think they're going to beat them? I have a sense mm. that there is something about this Chiefs team, as good as they looked early in the year, and then they fell off the rails, but then sort of got it back late in the year. I feel like Andy Reid is due for a run. Like somehow, so some way, averages, the right? law of averages yeah. are going to work in his favor. You know, we, there's obviously a lot of attention on the Patriots right now. I don't even think that's really a factor. I just think that many times it's unexplainable. I mean, the Patriots have had some ugly playoff losses to teams that you didn't expect them to lose to. It happens to the best of them. 
And I think that Alex Smith, who, by the way, if you look at his playoff record, his record is two and four, but his passer rating is much higher in the postseason than it is in the regular season. I don't think Alex Smith is going to. How about this? In the four losses, playoff losses he's had as a starter, he's had nine touchdowns and two interceptions. You remember one Pretty of the good. games was that game against Indianapolis where they lost 45-44 when the comeback, Chiefs yeah. uh, defense collapsed. Yeah. And he threw four touchdowns, 375 yards, no picks in that game. We had a heck of a duel against Alex Smith, or against Alex Smith, against um, Drew Brees. What was that, 2010? It was right. the year following the, yeah, the, following the, uh, the, the Super Bowl championship of the New Orleans Saints, and he ended up winning it. Yeah. You know, Vernon Davis had a big game. That was Jim Harbaugh's first year with the 49ers. They ended up going to the to the uh, NFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got it in him. All he, right, he so does, let's but, say. But let's, that's why you trade him, because you know, okay. enemy Patrick Mahomes, he showed, every, whether it's preseason and his, you know, spot duty in the last week of the season when they were just basically playing What do you see football. in Pat Mahomes? We know oh, he can throw got, the ball. He's got an arm that's just going to blow, right. your, blow yeah. your mind away. I mean, just go Google him and watch him in spring practice. I mean, you know with as Texas well as Tech. I do, it's not just about how big your arm is. Uh, no, but it, this is different. It, it's like this. It's not that is it's not arm like he can just sit there and, and standing still just zip it right seventy five yards like Jeff George or Jay Cutler all right. these guys. It's the fact that he can move and and he has different release points and he can zip it without really his base being set. So it's his ability to throw on the move while he's like Brett Favre did, like Favre, like Garoppolo, right. like Rogers, and and in some cases you know Tom's more limited. Tom Brady's more limited in this respect, but he also has that element to his game. That's what blows my and, and not only can he just do it with power and, and he throws it far, but he's extremely accurate. And if, and I'm all I'm, I still believe in Bill Walsh's number one attribute to quarterback. I've played against it. You got a quarterback that can buy time, move around, make you cover for more than three or four seconds, you're gonna have problems. I don't care how strong the guy's arm is. Joe Montana right. proved that. So my point is he's got that, he's got the that that internal poise to where that nothing's too big for him confidence people around him respect him i would say that if you are the chiefs you're going to want top dollar for alex smith you don't want the wills to fall All right, off would you would think be, about that would though. you, you be willing to you pay don't want him? the wills to fall off and then try to trade him you want to trade him at top dollar get the most for him i guarantee you the jets heck come on john elway step up elway okay elway let's stop Probably right there would take him and pay well, this a goes back to this goes back to the river situation as well you got teams in your division are you gonna if you're the chiefs are you gonna hand the broncos alex smith i just realized that no i just forgot about that pulling back the old alex smith to <laughs> the right. broncos you, but idea. you got you got those teams but somewhere at the top. else you got jacksonville that jacksonville, would be perfect arizona arizona i mean there there's going to be come on we we've seen enough of these last yeah. few years, how desperate teams are to get a franchise. Right. Come on, Sam Bradford, are you flipping kidding me? Yes. What he got and what the 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 the, the Eagles got in exchange for him, that's going to be like starting point with Alex Smith is if he goes and plays well in the in the playoffs. So this this rumor is by design. It's from Andy Reid. It's from the Kansas City Chiefs testing what's the reaction. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think there is a reaction. It's much of like, well, well, Patrick Mahomes is pretty sweet. Let me let me so ask about I, another I scenario for the do Chiefs. It. The I, Chiefs, uh, as I mentioned earlier, have lost five consecutive home playoff games. They've only won one playoff game since Joe Montana was which their is quarterback. Absolutely unacceptable. Kansas City. All right, is where is the Andy Reid mm-hmm. accountability in what's happening? What if? Yeah. What if the Titans upset them today? If Kansas City were to lose okay. again today, they'd blame it on Alex Smith. There's already an out for Andy Reid. He's he's good. 
I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm telling you right. And, and and to me, the only way the Titans beat the but Kansas Andy Reid is quickly is dissolving Alex into Smith Marvin Lewis. You understand that? <laughs> you know that like they like they're ha- is Kansas City just happy getting to the that. playoffs? Or at some point, don't you have to actually? The Bengals win? never got to the playoffs though. They only went no, like, but one they time, but they did seven they times. They seven times they got to the playoffs of Marvin Lewis, and they were zero and seven in playoff games. Seven times the Bengals have made the playoffs of Marvin Lewis. I don't even remember them getting the playoffs seven other than the last times. time of the wild card and they choked. No, 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 zero and seven. He's seven times. Okay, okay, okay. I, I forgot. I so forgot. my point is. At what point does just getting to the playoffs dissolve and actually having to win in the playoffs well, kick in? Well, it's if you're Andy Reid, it's different though because Andy Reid. I mean, look at his coaching tree. Now with even John Gruden in the the, the fold, this his coaching tree right now is out of this. Wait, world. Wait, he's accountable for John Gruden. What I'm saying is, I thought they were contemporaries of Mariucci under Holmgren. <laughs> what I'm saying yes. is, is that he? Well, no, I mean, just Andy Reid's his right. coaching tree himself. I mean, yeah. you're, like, you're talking about Sean McDermott. Right. You're talking about uh, Doug Peterson. Sure. I mean, you could just go down the list. You know, Pat Shermer's yeah, going to be But good. what about him? Point is, he's Marty Schottenheimer. He's really, respected you basically, there's so a, a heavily, legacy. He's yeah. so heavily respected, Steve, yeah. that he's not going anywhere. And the biggest thing people respect about him, his scheme ability offensively. But don't you have to win something at some point? John Harbaugh is another guy. There are three um, courts that are all the same. There was Chuck Knox, and then there was Marty Schottenheimer. And then there's Andy Reid. These are guys that understood the ability to navigate the regular season to get their teams in the postseason. But once they got to the postseason, they couldn't finish the job. Yeah. None of them. Well, I do. There is a common belief that he will get over the top and eventually. Maybe break this through. year. And I mean, maybe it's this year, maybe, you know, but that's just the common belief that with Marvin Lewis. So if, if Alex Smith story. won the Super Bowl this Marvin year. Marvin Lewis, by the way, is a phenomenal coach. I mean, what he's been able to do, even in spite of his right. lack of success in the playoffs, with that kind of team that he gets handed in a year and year out basis. Are you saying you know, Mike Brown's not a genius like his father Paul Brown no, was? But do you know, unless things have changed, and, yeah. I, and those listening in Cincinnati, please correct me if I'm wrong. From last time I checked, did you know there is no scouting department in the Cincinnati Bengals? They don't have the money. Do you know that? Despite they have guaranteed money coming in. But as people, I don't think people yeah. realize that. They don't have a scouting department. Every other NFL team has a scouting department. Cincinnati Bengals, the coaches are the scouts slash coaches. And the fact that Marvin L. Lewis has been as competitive as he has under those circumstances, wow. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. Uh, we got other games we're going to get to, including the one potential upset this weekend. But first... Let's bring Gascon back in right now to give us the latest on what is happening in the world of sports. David. Guys, college basketball, fifth-ranked Xavier got beat at Providence today, 81-72. It's their second loss in the season and first in Big East play. Louisville forced overtime, then got beat by Clemson, 74-69. North Carolina trails at number 8, Virginia, 54-44. And 14th-ranked Arizona underway, trailing big at Colorado. It's 26-14. 821 to play in the first half. In the NBA, Lakers say goodbye to big man center Andrew Bogut was released today. In the NFL, Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie declined the option or at least opportunity interview for the Packers GM vacancy. Panthers head coach Ron Rivera got himself an extension for two years and just under $16 million. And Ian Rapport has reported the Kansas State Chiefs are looking at the possibility of trading 
quarterback Alex Smith this offseason. Yes, as soon as Brady said it. It's sort of like when I said last week it was time to move on from Ted Thompson. <laughs> Packers obviously listening to me. Yes. They didn't move uh, on. And they moved on. Yeah. They didn't move on. He's still part of the organization. He's not the general manager. Guys, They're looking for a general well, manager. Well, technically, yes, but he's still there. No, the general manager. Uh, David, thank you, you so bet. much. Uh, once again, coming alive from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance at Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Yeah, that's amazing how that worked. I said, Ted Thompson, I remember I did a whole segment on it. <laughs> you did. There was a general He's manager fired. that needs to be moved out. But he wasn't and, fired. Well, he he, is, he the, is he the general manager of the Green Bay Packers? He's no longer the they general are, manager. Are they the searching for a general manager right they now? They absolutely are. They are. So you were correct. All right. So, How about that? Well, it's it's not a matter of being correct. It was a matter. I honestly believe for your Packers this is the best thing that could happen. I'm with you. This I'm injury you. to Aaron Rodgers exposed all the warts yep. on this team, and there are plenty of them. Look, I picked the Packers to win the Super Bowl before the season began because I felt like Rodgers was due. I mean, you yeah. know, just like the, the cards are going to fall his way. But with him out, all of a sudden you're looking at this team and you're like, wow, they're they're not really that good. No. They're not. Don't they were exposed. So a new new direction for the Packers. All right. When you look at the four games this weekend, Brady. Yeah. The home teams are prohibitive favorites in all these games. Yeah. Uh, the lines on these games are anywhere from uh, six to seven for the Rams over the Falcons and the Saints over the Packers. Uh, Jacksonville and uh, the Chiefs are solid nine point favorites against the Bills and the Titans. But I think if there's one team that has a chance this weekend on the road, it's the Atlanta Falcons. I, I'm looking at this Rams team, and I love the Rams. They are a complete team. The Zerline injury is brutal. That is big. That is huge, obviously, in, in a tight playoffs. game. Yeah. But they have everything. Their special teams has been outstanding. Their defense is getting better and better under Wade Phillips, and we know their offense has been a juggernaut almost all season long. That being said, I've talked to you last week about yeah. the dynamic of the regular season versus the postseason. And when Two you have a worlds. team, when <laughs> you have a team that is as young as the Rams are with no playoff experience, going uh-huh. against an Atlanta team that suffered the predictable Super Bowl loser hangover this year, but somehow they, they've grounded out. They fought through it. I've they fought impressed. through it and they got in. Yeah, they did. now it's a new season. This yeah. is a team that dominated last year. And an and inexplicable collapse yeah. against the Patriots is the only thing that separated them from being Super Bowl champions. How big of a difference is it? Atlanta's experience, that whole team back from a year ago, mm-hmm. what they felt, plus the sting of a Super Bowl loss, the idea we want to get – because you know when that game ended, we got to get back there. man. We can't let this happen again. <laughs> Going against a Rams team that has no playoff experience. What are we looking at later on this evening? I would say that it's the the experience factor is going to be a little bit overplayed. Okay. And it's because right now the Rams are so complete. Yes. I know with their kicker being out, their their special teams isn't as strong in right. the, the actual kicking game, but still, you know, they're, they're the best punter in the Farrell league. Cooper is a phenomenal yes. guy. Uh, I think his name's Farrell Cooper. Yes. Uh, he's a phenomenal return guy. Offensively, they could beat you not only vertically with the receiving core, which is another – found a – Another phenomenal youngster in Cooper Cup. Yes. The most productive 
rookie wide receiver out of Eastern Washington. Best running back in the league this year. They got year. the best running back, and they got a they got an offense a rebuilt offensive line around Whitworth, who was a huge acquisition in this offseason. First team of, all NFL. A huge, uh, you know, props out yeah. to Les Snead for for pulling the trigger on these moves that usually. It historically have not been good. I thought you this was Jeff be, Fisher's team. Didn't well, he say that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, we, you know, Jeff Fisher, I'm yeah. telling you, for developing yeah. all these other guys. And then you have Aaron Donald, uh, arguably the best defense player. And a, in the dis- league. a disruptive nightmare. Yeah. And then Jared Goff. The yeah. thing, because I've watched him up close to personal twice. The thing about Jared Goff that is just off the charts has been his poise. I mean, he just doesn't get rattled. He gets hit. He gets. You know, all these different looks at him, and he, he just sort of absorbs it and moves on and doesn't get too much – doesn't caught, get caught up in McVay. Well, you know this Falcon but team. What thing. can they do? McVay yeah. has been yeah. a phenomenal schemer. Yes. Adjustments that have not only been just simple for his offense but extremely difficult for his defense. And one was when he faced the New Orleans Saints after he got schooled by the Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer. Yeah. And they had tricked him, uh, you know, not only right. McVay but also uh, Goff on a number of disguised blitzes sure. and packages – they immediately went to this hurry-up-and-wait approach to where they get the defense to commit what they're doing because you have to. You can't get caught out of position. And all of a sudden, their, their issues of all of, a, you know, all of a sudden being caught off guard and not side-adjusting after the snap were gone. It was just a phenomenal slight adjustment, but extremely effective. I look at it like this. I, 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 they're going to have some stuff for the Falcons. They're going to have some stuff. They've seen this defense, I don't know how many times, of the single-high coverage and uh, I would say that if if the offense, the Falcons' offense, doesn't put up a bunch of points, they're going to have a tough day because this defense is not going to slow down. This All right. Last Angeles year's Rams, Rams obviously are unrecognizable from what we see this year. Yeah. But last year Atlanta went into L.A., and the end of three quarters it was 42 nothing Atlanta. Rams got a couple of fourth-quarter touchdowns in garbage time. <laughs> So okay. the fact is, the, the Falcons have been to the Coliseum. They were there a year ago. This, this has no weight on today. Tell me, nothing, zero. All right, so let's go back to this. Is like, does Atlanta have not even close to being have, relevant? Does Atlanta have anything defensively? You mentioned how the Vikings brilliantly under Mike Zimmer well, look at, got, got looks that you know Goff wasn't ready for, and they kept him really yeah. uncertain. Guess what? Does That's Atlanta not- have anything? That you know they what? can do. This is what's, this is a great question. I know their defense coordinator personally. His yeah. name's Marquan Manuel. I played with right. him in 06 with the Green Bay Packers, and we've kept in touch over the years. And then I, I covered his game last year with the – it was a Monday night game, Falcons versus Saints in New Orleans. And I was talking to him before the game, and I was telling him stories about Drew Brees. I was like, dude, this guy will throw you on if you disguise blitzes or disguise defenses, making him think one thing. Because sometimes he'll just get so fixated on that one thing, thinking that's what it is. He just he'll I mean he'll throw it right to you. And I go you got I go you got I know you're vanilla. I go but you got to have something. Yeah, that's going to be. And he told me he basically yeah we got something. So we get to the game and he had one blitz that was like this cool disc- and he used it once it worked phenomenally. True Font got a sack off the edge. I'm like well sweet okay I think we're gonna see more of this. We didn't see it again. Why? Because I don't believe it's it's not in their defensive DNA. But your head coach is a defensive guy. But it's for some reason that's one they believe. And then afterward, because he sort of contradicted himself, and I go, wait, wait. So you guys just sort of line up and play. It's like, yeah, we believe that we don't care that you know what we're going to do. We're going to be better than you. That's what he told me. And so if that's their approach today, well, they can't be thinking going that going get, into this game. Well, that's how they've been this whole year. I haven't seen him be much of a disguised defense. Like they could be, and so I don't think they're capable. I don't know if they're capable because you got to remember you can't. You can't. I, I mean, if there's a way to make it a simple adjustment, 
that's possible to where you can sort of re um, what's the word re kind of evolve as a defense, yes. create another identity, add some t- tweaks. I don't know if they have that kind of scheme. I don't know if they have that kind of coach. And so that being said, that's why I mean the Rams have eaten these defenses up all year. I'm just telling you, they have just dominated them because McVay he'll 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 scheme them up like crazy. They got these really cool crossing man beaters where guys will run across the formation one side to the next, and that's obviously a big defense that the Atlanta Falcons implement. So unless they got something that they can replicate like the Vikings did, which not many defenses can, they're gonna have a tough time slowing down that Rams offense, and that means that's going to put excess stress on their offense, which their offense, they've had spurts, but they just haven't been as explosive this year without Kyle Shanahan as their coordinator. Going back to uh, last week of the Rams and the Saints. Now, again, can't prove it, but it's amazing how things work out. As we predicted, I'll explain to you. (laughs) As we predicted, we had Marvez on last Saturday. Uh-huh. And he insisted that the 49ers should, you know, bench Garoppolo. Exactly. And we're like, are you kidding me? No, the 49ers for are going to blow the doors off the Rams yeah. and make a statement, which is exactly what played out. The Rams showed no resistance. And, and one thing you got to remember, too, McVay and Shanahan have history together. Exactly. So there's that kind of so internal competition going on. That game played out exactly as we predicted. Yeah. Blowout victory for the 49ers. But we also said the Rams would be okay losing Assuming were. that the Saints win to move from the three to four seed to avoid the Vikings at least an extra week. In other words, they would miss them in the divisional round and they have to go up there but, in the, the conference game. championship yeah. game. So I'm watching as that game is playing out, I'm watching that Saints Tampa game. Uh-huh. And for some reason, you know, Tampa's hanging in there, hanging in there. And I, I'm looking at the Saints giving up that winning touchdown to Tampa as. The scoreboard is showing that the the Rams are done. They're going to lose that game. And Saints lose. So the Rams sit still in the three seed. The Saints were in no problem because at that point, Atlanta had the game wrapped up against Carolina. So Carolina wasn't going to jump over the Saints. Saints are looking at them saying, you know what? (laughs) Okay, Tampa. Yeah, you you get that. That's not going to – it doesn't affect us. Nothing changes. We're going to stay the four seed. Carolina's losing. Rams are losing. We lose. We all lose. And everybody stays exactly as it is. Which is what they want. And we don't want to see Minnesota either yeah. in the divisional round. We like to hold them off they until like the, the most, conference most championship. Dangerous team. Is that saying too much? Am I reading too much of that? Because it was um, really weird how that all played out because Atlanta at that point had a nine-point lead. That. But, I mean, they, they wanted to rest guys anyway. Yeah. And that's just, you know, they're, they're a little banged up across the board. And, you know, Gurley, he's – He's been through the ringer this year, as any running back is. It's had as many touches as his. So, yeah, you're going to try to but, build in as much rest as possible. But I'm sure it was an extra, you know, kind of icing on the cake kind of deal towards like, hey, also if we can get away from the Vikings, who seem to be the best team that I don't talk about, which I, I'm still not sold on them. I, all right, I can't all right. Hold on say to the Vikings are the best. All right, right, we're in it. the Geico that's, Fox that's, Sports yeah. Radio studios <laughs> because I want to get into the like, four teams that are not playing this weekend. The Steelers, the Patriots, the Eagles, and the Vikings. How are they sitting right now? Who do they want to come out of this weekend? And who would they rather avoid coming up next? Fox Football Saturday. Harbin and Papinga, great news. There is a quick way for you to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I always... You know, we go into wild card weekend and we ask ourselves, all right, of all the teams that are playing this weekend, the eight teams that are playing this weekend, yeah. 
Which one of these teams, because it's obviously happened many times before, will we get a team out of this wild card weekend that can make it to a conference championship game, can make it to the Super Bowl, could win the Super Bowl? No question, yes. All right, so we've seen it many times over the years, and you've been a part of that. All right, so when I look at these eight teams playing this weekend, yeah, Titans, Chiefs, Falcons, Rams, Bills, Jaguars, Panthers, Saints, which one of these teams would you say would have the best chance to actually make it to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say this. The thing that's fascinating about the NFC, and I know the Vikings are in, in a lot of people's minds like the like the foregone favorites yes. to win it because of how dominant they've been and complete of a team they've been. But I look at that as wide open. I can I could honestly conceivably believe the Panthers putting it together and making a run, the Saints, the Rams, Atlanta. I'm a little bit the hesitant. I I don't. They're just different this year. All they, right, they, let, they, let me slow down. So for a they second. would be like the only like the, the, what's crazy is it's so wide open. Everybody, but I would say, but the Falcons seem to have it in them that if they got hot and clicked it right, right. now, they would. Just go. They they could be Super Bowl. And they could win. All right. Let, let's let's on the NFC. Side. Let's presume that Minnesota is the team to beat, even though the Eagles are the number one seed. And if the Eagles win their divisional playoff game, they'll host the NFC Championship game. But let's let's use the assumption that Minnesota, which by the way the Vikings trying to become the first team ever to play the Super Bowl on their home field. It has never happened <laughs> before. That'd be so unbelievable. So, which one of those teams? Rams, Saints, Panthers. Do you think would have the best chance of beating the Vikings in Minnesota? The best chance. It's going to be those teams that have. Well, shoot. Do the Rams? The, you know what? Gain you, from you, their experience of I'll actually you, have been there. It, the best chance is the Panthers. Panthers. Wow. The Panthers owned the, the 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 Vikings earlier in the season, and the problem. I'm telling you, the NFL is still yet to figure out how to defend these read option style quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer's in the same boat. He hasn't really had to look. I mean, you don't you don't really face it that much. You know, it's still well, there's only one Cam Newton and Cam's something else, and they run that true read option college offense, which is awesome. Look Shula's what Cam Newton jump. did to the Patriots. Phenomenal sure. job, yeah. And so ate him up. So to me, it's 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 gonna be well. Shoot, I'll even say this. Well, man, I'll put him on my God. Now the Saints the, are the Rams are, are such a different Rams, team now. The Rams are so of all the teams I mentioned, yeah. the Rams would be the most unlikely, unlikely because okay. of their history, recent history of yeah. getting just. Yeah. dominated. The game was controlled, very right. one-sided by the Vikings. So they don't gain from that experience, learn from that oh, experience? Oh, they did. They evolved, but that's still in the back of your mind. Okay. And there's just All certain right. matchups yeah. that just favor other teams over you know others, and that's one where I would say the Vikings have a distinct Well, the Rams, obviously, if they win advantage. today, will play Minnesota next week. Who's that? The Rams. The Rams are the three-seed. Vikings are the two. So, so the Rams they win, win today, they go, they go to Minnesota. Yeah. The uh, Panthers, Saints would not have a chance to face Minnesota until the championship. conference championship. Yeah. And so, but, I, but, I mean, see, the New Orleans Saints, man, that running back duo. How awesome is that? Go First duo ever. Well, since uh, Miami with Zonka and Morris. 1,500 yards from scrimmage? Oh, no, no. That's first ever. Yeah. 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 They got, they got yeah. the jerseys in the in the Hall of Fame and all that kind of Kamara stuff. Do you go Kamara or Kamara? What do you call I'm going them? Kamara. I went, I went all Kamara on yeah. the radio. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and then I've heard people say Kamara. Yeah. But uh, but I, I, I'm a, I mean, that duo yeah. is not only the next step in the evolution of the running back position, but that's been a defensive nightmare. That's another one that could cause Mike Zimmer and his staff and that defense is very good issues all right. like crazy because they run so much man-to-man. Uh, 
All right, well, let's go so, to the Eagles yeah. because the Eagles now have become an afterthought. It was interesting. The Eagles' last game against Dallas, which was as bad a game as you'll ever see. Which right, 6 nothing so, Cowboys. But what care. was shocking to me about that game was Nick Foles really struggled. Yeah, he was he four terrible. for 11. They yanked him, and they're like, well, they're resting everybody. I don't but know. But I'm not concerned about them. They're, they're still, to me, my number one team in the All NFC. right, but if you have Most New, if New Orleans wins tomorrow, New Orleans at Philadelphia, who do you like? And it's going to be cold. I It'll be cold Philly. in yeah. Philadelphia. I'll go. I'll go for Philly. Really, it's very wow. difficult. I'm telling you, if New Orleans, so you're saying New Orleans, man, they're going to have to go through cold weather. But they run. They do run, but it's it's just such a shift. I mean, just look at history right. of teams going from a controlled environment or a warmer climate to a cold one. It is no good. I mean, we we're talking with Tony Dungy. He couldn't figure it out with his Tampa Buccaneers how to go north. You know, late in the playoffs until finally Gruden somehow and when they were able to run the ball, play defense is yeah. the key. And uh, it's, but it's it's one of those things where, and I look at the Eagles still as the best team. And so Nick if Foles the Eagles end up fine. hosting the Vikings in the NFC Championship game, you're oh, going Eagles. I will go Eagles. Yes, that again be outdoor tough for the versus indoor team. Yes, it's and it's it's very fascinating too because when we when I played with the, the Packers, cold weeks, we would still practice inside, we'd keep all the doors open, you know. Yeah. But the thing that would always get me that took some time to adjust, we'd go play in Lambo, was the surface. Because it's not nearly as fast. You can't cut it sharp. And that's one thing that's like, well, this is way different. So what you were able to do in practice and in your dome, you're just you're not able to do, you know, out on a field that's frozen. Yeah. So, it, or at least wet from the elements. So, yeah, I would give I'd give the Eagles uh, the advantage. All right. Uh, as, as we always look at every NFL season, certainly over the last, I don't know, 15 years, the road to the Super Bowl always goes through one team. That would be the New England Patriots. Oh, yes. We're here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. You've been hearing all the rumors. ESPN tried to sensationalize a story that everything's <laughs> unraveling perfect. with the Patriots. But should the Patriots still be the team to beat in this playoff? We're going to tell you. Coming up next. Oh, yes. What a Saturday it is as we get ready to kick off the NFL playoffs a little more than an hour from now. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. So coming up first, it'll be the Chiefs hosting the Titans, followed by the Rams hosting the Falcons. Then tomorrow morning, that'll be a 105 kickoff tomorrow morning, East Coast time, 10.05 here on the West Coast. Jags uh, will host the Bills, followed by the Saints and Panthers. So as we get ready for the playoffs, as we have since 2001, Everybody has to go through one team. They're known as the New England Patriots. They are the defending Super Bowl champions after the most miraculous Super Bowl victory ever last year. That was crazy. Led by the GOAT, Tom Brady, who, by the way, the all-pro teams were announced, and he was uh, near unanimous as the quarterback. Got 47 out of the 50 votes. What do you think the other three votes went? Wentz got two. Really? Yeah, Wentz got two votes. Who's right? Who who votes? Didn't didn't you see the uh, AP voting here? Oh, a, okay, I, never mind. AP. Yeah, you know oh, AP boy. voting for Golly, the. Uh, they're not even paying attention. They're not paying attention. Heck no! Why would you put Wentz's like all, all right. pro? He's not like one. All of right, that. the voting that and was... the and the other vote went to Russell Wilson, which that makes sense. So there were fifty votes, and Brady got forty-seven. Wentz got two. Wilson got one. Uh, by the way, Gronkowski, first team tied in, got 40 of the 50 votes. Kelsey got the other 10. Uh, I don't think you ever got a vote. I think you were overlooked. By the way, the only guy oh, that was a unanimous sure, selection. By no, yeah, but 
It was extremely overlooked. The only one that was unanimous was Antonio Brown. He's the only guy that got all 50 votes. Hmm. By the way, I will say this for the AP, and they're all pro team. The last two years, they have changed their all pro. For instance, they've added things. Like they have a running back. They don't have a fullback, but they have a flex. flex. Yeah, it's like So they pick a flex. Also, instead of just picking two offensive tackles and two offensive guards, they now have left guard, right guard, left tackle, right tackle, because they are very different. Instead of outside linebacker, defensive end, they have now what they call edge rushers. There you go. And how about this? Two corners, two safeties, but they add a fifth defensive back. It's seven, or like an open defensive back. There you go. Because so many teams obviously employ five D backs yeah. in their defense. Yeah. So I think I like, I like what they're doing. Anyway, it's good. It's evolving so, with the game. Let's get back to the New England Patriots. Two days ago, there was this insane hype that ESPN, yeah. Seth Wickersham, and let, let's talk about Seth because Seth was the guy that really uncovered the unraveling of Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco. That's right. That's where he was the guy that said. You think things are smooth in San Francisco. They're not. You know, they had made yeah. three straight NFC championship games, but the wheels are falling off with Jed York and the whole dynamic there in Balky San Francisco. And Balky and, all that. and Harbaugh, yeah. and uh, it seems good. They got the new stadium and everything else. It's, it's unraveling, and he was right on the money. So they were building this up that this article was a similar article that was finally going to break open the fact that the New England Patriots are literally a house of cards about to collapse under the weight of the egos of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I remember early this week, this was really weird. So you got this deep freeze on the East Coast. I mean, it is ridiculous. And the Patriots have a bye week, and he's got them out there in the cold (laughs) practicing. Like, what is is going on? I mean, from an instinctual part part of me, I would say what, like you said, what the heck are you doing on a bye week? Especially on a bye week, you know, get them, get them rested, whatever. Yeah. But then on the other side, and I've been there before, like in Green Bay, we've had blizzards and stuff like that. School's been closed, but we're still practicing indoors. 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 They practice indoors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just had to walk from their cars into the blizzard yes. conditions indoors yeah. to the facility. But it's quite uh, bonding to be in that situation to where you got to like. Make it through all the obstacles to get to the practice or to get to the facilities. But listen, listen, listen. Yeah, yeah. But it it goes with his mantra of, hey, do your job. We don't care what's going on around us because that's what's the beautiful thing about it is, like, you got all this stuff going on, but all of a sudden you go into the facility, you click on the old, okay, let's start practice, and everybody's, boom, doing their job, following through with what they're supposed to, executing, and this whole storm's going on around them, literally. That's a representation of a game. But instead of like this literal storm, you got this figurative storm of all these distractions. You got challenges. Oh, they got adjustments. The team's doing something you didn't scout, you didn't prepare for. Oh, this player all of a sudden emerges. We had no idea this guy was going to be this good, or all of a sudden, whatever happens. You got injuries. And so it's 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 quite the team building experience. And so it's it's one of those kind of ingenious moves by Bilicek that's pretty good. If you question it, you can't question it. I mean, right. the guy's his track record speaks for himself. To whatever he says, you're gonna just have to do it. And he the, it works. I and, mean, just look at his stuff. Five Super Bowl championships. Well, it works. It, it works, and also two more as the key defense defensive coordinator of those Giants teams under Parcells. All right, here's the one thing that you have to understand about Belichick and Brady. Tom Brady, <laughs> who is. If he's not the greatest of all time, you're really hard pressed. It's a hard Even if you're going with that, it, yeah. really is hard now. All right, Tom Brady's miraculous career 
has been built a lot on insecurity. That goes back from For being sure. a six-round pick, and he's never gotten over it. And You're the one exactly guy right. that will never let him get over it is Bill, is Bill Belichick. You're exactly right. Bill Belichick understands the dynamic of Brady is to constantly feed his insecurities. You're exactly right. As long as you continue to make Brady uncomfortable, never feel secure, you're like, this is ridiculous. I mean, are you what? And yet, in his mind, Belichick has created this perpetual thought that you're one game away. You're one throw away from losing your gig. And yes. as, as unrealistic as it is for 99.9999% of the people, you know who's not unrealistic with it? Tom Brady. You're exactly Tom right. Brady believes that. You're exactly he right. really believes it. And so he has been able to manipulate Brady <laughs> to continue to get this manipulate guy. Manipulate's a negative word. I would say he has trained him. Like he has all this. No, but he is able to use what now seems like a joke that you were like, well, how is Brady still insecure? Are you kidding me? He, well, look at his career. How is it? But you know what? That's how the great ones have done it, man. Belichick, I mean, look- this is the master of coaches. Some guys need that. Other guys, you have to take a different tack. Oh, yeah. I mean, Howie Long was a guy, too. He said the same thing. Yes. What drove him, his whole career was insecurities. Right. Like, he, he never, never, he never thought enough. he was what the guys, everyone kept telling me I was great when I'm like, I'm not. I, I don't I, feel like that. Yeah. So, which was a good thing. But, but that is the that's dynamic. That's why when, I re- yeah. when I've referenced this where Belichick has sort of brushed off Brady in the yeah. media yes. and done all those kinds of things. Does it all the time. It's all by design. All does. It's all the men trickle down to everybody else and to establish that culture and to keep motivating Brady. Like, one thing I thought was phenomenal was after this big victory, Brady goes up to give Belichick this big bro hug. Right. Belichick, boom, extends his hand and is like, nope, we're just going to shake hands. That's right. Professionals. He and, knows how and, to and, do and, it. And, and, and Brady was, like, so awkward. Like, man, I thought we were bros, but... And, and Belichick was just stoic, didn't even have any emotion. Just, and he said, good job to him. Yeah. Just like he did to the 53rd guy on the team. He probably didn't even dress. Good job. And it sent a message to everybody. It's like, hey, man, you're you're not my buddy. You're not my bro. Like, I get excited when we win, all that kind of stuff. But I can still, tomorrow, find your replacement. And that's and that's why they're great. And back to the story. By the way, that doesn't work with everybody. No, it no. Could, everybody, it could, it's, some people just are different. so turned off by it, yeah. they would actually regress. See, Brady, but he Brady, responds no, because it's a challenge to him. But that's, that's still the mindset of Brady. Yeah. He will always be, in his own mind, the underdog. But back to that story. Yeah. I guarantee you. You could go into that facility for the last 18 years that they've been together right. on a daily basis, and you would find a moment to where there was friction, butting of heads, yes. yelling at each other. Calling, I mean, that is an NFL facility. That's a, that's a familial facility. If you've been in any family, I don't care how great it looks, that's how a conflict. And I remember Mac- McCarthy, when he first showed up, you know, he just had a divorce, I, I believe. Yeah. Because he was telling us that conflict's good. He tells us that. I want is. there to be conflict. And it's like conflict's healthy as long as we can resolve it and move forward as better people. And, I, and that rung true with me because there was always times. Like, I mean, this, our sidelines was like an epitome of that. We would have our offensive line coach going after our receivers coach, wanting to strangle each other, actually having players get in the middle of them in one play to the next play, hugging each other, apologizing, like giving each other like a kiss on the cheek because we scored a touchdown. Like that was our life. That's every team's life. And so it's it to me it's it's no news. This is not news. I mean Brady telling McDaniel's to f you is probably something he always tells him. McDaniel's is doing what Belichick does. Of course, he when he goes said hey you missed him. He's saying it for the very reason he's trying to press Tom Brady's button so badly that he gets ticked off that he says whatever and he and what McDaniel's is going to do is go I got him right where I want him. And that's the realities behind it. Well, and this and, is and, why and, there's and by the and way it, instead of and to me the story isn't this is why they're about ready to. 
dismantle at the seams. It should have been, this is why they're so great, is because this conflict exists, and they are phenomenal in mastering the the managing of that conflict. And, and what makes it even more impressive now, because Lombardi did the same thing. Yeah. Lombardi created this atmosphere of insecurity for his Packers. The difference now is the money. How do you, everyone's always saying, well, how do you motivate these players that yeah. are making millions you're, you're exactly and millions right. of dollars? And you think that this brand of mental manipulation is impossible. It's not, as long as it's consistent. Well, the key is, though, you got to have a superstar, bigger than life personality that buys into it. Popovich so, did the same thing with Tim Duncan. All exactly those years, right. Exactly same right. Same thing that Popovich did with the Spurs. It's the only way he it would works. blast Duncan, knowing that Duncan could take it. Yeah. And it's like, well, if Duncan is Jeez. victimized, who are the rest yeah, of us? Yeah, exactly. So that's and that's why Belichick. Like everybody's like, well, Brady's nothing without Belichick. Well, it goes two ways. Belichick, you're exactly right. His approach of guiding and leading his, being a leader on his team is undercut if he doesn't have that that right. central figure as Tom Brady as the guy that he can set the whole tone of his culture with. Outside of that, he would probably not be coaching right now because most. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say it. his his approach would be different because Bill's a smart guy. He would evolve, you know, adjust according to his team. But the the kind of approach he had, yeah, would not work. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. So in the AFC, you've got New England and you got Pittsburgh. But are either one of those teams the team to beat in the AFC? We're going to tell you how it eventually will play out. Coming up next. Harbin and Papinga, Fox Football Saturday. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, we were talking about the New England Patriots. They are defending Super Bowl champions. They have Tom Brady, they have Bill Belichick, uh, and they have the number one seed in the AFC. So right now they're in a position to defend their Super Bowl championship. However... If you really look at the situation in the AFC, where the perennial powers, the Pats and the Steelers with Brady and Roethlisberger, and, you know, the they seem to be the teams to beat. Or are they? To me, the most intriguing team in this NFL playoffs, without question, is Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Jacksonville is... A, I'm with you, man. ...is because defensively... As good as anybody. Minnesota, to me, is the only team in the argument... Yeah. But when you really look at Jacksonville's defense, mm. and forget what happened against San Francisco, that's more about where the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo are right now. I'm with you there. Obviously, the last <laughs> game against the Titans was a throwaway. All right? So, you look at Jacksonville's defense. I mean, you've seen this defense a lot. Give us the dynamic. Jacksonville, I mean, they have the best pair of corners in the league right now. Right? Yeah. You have Malik in the middle. You have the best pass rush. I mean, I mean, right now, if you were to say, let's say Jacksonville should obviously beat Buffalo tomorrow. Now they go to Pittsburgh. All right. Ooh, match up that Steeler offense. In favor of Jacksonville, by the way. Against the Jacksonville defense. It's going to be cold in Pittsburgh. There's yeah. no dome there. I guarantee yeah, you that. That's true. How does that game break down? How do, how do you see that Jacksonville defense going against Big Ben Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, that's a lot of firepower with Pittsburgh. Yeah, but they were able to man up Antonio Brown. 
Yeah. And stack the box like this this the essence of their defense and control Le'Veon Bell and then force with their pressure Ben Roethlisberger and making questionable throws, which resulted in him throwing five interceptions. Yes. Against the Jaguars. He he left that game saying, I don't know if I can play anymore. Exactly. Cause the, and this is where Garoppolo really was impressive to me. He was getting hit and delivering these like precision accurate right. throws in the man to man coverage. Most guys don't want to do that because you, you got to pay a price. And not only do you have to pay a price, but then you still got to be accurate and good. But we're talking Big Ben here. We're talking Big Ben. And so, I mean, maybe Big Ben's turn over New Leaf and he's just like, forget it. I'm just going to take the beating because you're going to have to against this but, rushing crew. he has crew. taken a beating over the years. Exactly. And, I mean, that's where it depends on where he's at. Because one thing I always saw about Favre, and it, and it was very clear in 2007 when we were in the NFC Championship game, cold, all that kind of stuff, late in the game, is he sort of gets tired mentally. You know what I mean? It's almost like, man, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Yeah. It's like, okay. I mean, it's it's cool, but it's it's not like it's it's one of those things where it's like, this is my first experience. This is really fun. It's almost like old hat. And so when that happens, that's where you get into trouble. And it and again happened to him, by the way, when he went to the Vikings. Remember that year he retired and right. they pulled him out? The reason why they retired because he's playing the, the New Orleans Saints and they were beating the heck out of him. He, he didn't like that. So... I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I mean, that's where it comes down to is if you are able to pressure Ben, it's going to be cold. It's so whenever you get hit, I'm telling you, you ever, you ever been in a cold where you just sort of get nicked on your arm or whatever? It's, it, the, the pain's intensified times 10 when, you're, when everything's cold. Everything seems to hurt a lot more, a lot deeper to the bone. I'm going to say the Jacksonville is going to have his number. Now, if Jacksonville is going to win that game, though, they're yeah. going to have to be able to run the ball with Fournette, and yeah, they're going to have I, to run it consistently. They're going to be able to do that. But the biggest thing is if, are... you, if you get behind Bortles, now you're asking oh, you're for a disaster. Trouble. Yeah, you cannot put it on Bortles' plate. Right. I mean, he is. He, I mean, he has to be a zero You factor. know what's fascinating, though, Steve? When yeah. I was covering that uh, Seattle, uh, San Francisco game, yeah. they were talking like, Wow, the last seven weeks, Bortle, he's playing at an MVP level. No, he had the level. highest passer rating in the month of December exactly. going into that game. Yeah, But I was like, no, no, no. You guys got to pull back the reins here. This is not – I mean, this is fool's gold all over the place, and he ended up – He does not deal putting, well with pressure, man, Well, you can't, at all. Well, the thing that was interesting, though, is their coaches – I felt like they wanted to sort of test him a little bit when yep. they were playing the 49ers. They went away from their vintage run-the-ball first approach and sort of put in a Bortle's hand, and he completely choked. And then they went back, and, they, and that's where they were able to get back in the game and those kinds of things. And so, no, he's still the same. So you, you, you're going to have to protect your team against him at all costs. And so you cannot get behind, which they're, they're built to do all this kind of stuff against the Patriots. Uh, you know, the Bills, too, are going to have, have a tough time against them. I mean, they're, they're a good team. And I, I still uh, – up against the, the Steelers is what I was going for. But I still, and I still look at the Jacksonville Jaguars as the favorite. Which – Blows people away because all they, when, when you say Jacksonville, you're not thinking Kalis Campbell. You're not thinking about their no. corners. You're not thinking you, – everyone's like Blake Bortles. Yeah. You Blake Bortles well, is not going to be able to do it. usually the quarterback's the face, right. right? And he's not really the face even though he's the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. It's a different – Isn't it amazing, though? Up, as we go into build. the year, you've got you got backup quarterback in Philly. you got a backup quarterback in Minnesota. you got an in-up quarterback in Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, we always the league look at is doing a better job. Yeah, you know, you you look at these quarterbacks. Here's the other thing you have to keep in mind, though, about the the possibility of a Big Ben Tom Brady matchup. Mm-hmm. Think about this. Since 2001, so this is over the last 17 seasons. Wow. Well, actually, last 16 seasons, not counting this year. Last 16 seasons, the AFC champion has had or had Tom Brady 
Ben Roethlisberger or Peyton Manning quarterback all but two years. Wow. Can you name the only two quarterbacks since 2001 to win the AFC not named Brady, Manning, or Roethlisberger? That were in the championship game? That got to the Super Bowl. Represented oh, their t- that got to got the Super, Super Bowl. The AFC champion. So that was uh, Dilfer? Not Dilfer. You said 2001, though. No, that Dilfer was, two, uh, Dilfer was 2000. This Ravens 2000. I know. Was, uh, technically 2001. Since but, uh, 2001, 2001 when Brady won his first. Since oh, in the last okay. 16 on, on, years, the AFC champion in the Super Bowl has either had Brady, Roethlisberger, or Manny as their quarterback all but two times. Well, you had... Let me think. Yeah. Since 2001. Yeah. it's I can't believe I'm just trying to think here. Yeah. See how difficult it is? I'll put oh, it wait, this wait, way. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. wait, 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 wait. You had, uh, okay. No. Yeah. Right. I, I, I was thinking the Broncos, but I missed that one. No. And then you had Ben there. Man. Yeah. crazy. So a little Drew Brees against Peyton Manning. All right. Well, I'll give you the years. One of them is 2002. Okay. 2002 was, oh, who was it in 2002. Dun, 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 Oh, it was the Raiders. The Raiders were Rich Cannon. That's right. Okay, Raiders. Okay, Tampa. And the other okay. year is in. Oh, my in, gosh. This is crazy. The other year is in 2012. 2012. Oh, wow. wow. 2012. Mm-hmm. So you had Eli Manning. No. Nope, that no, was, no, that, that was the Giants. That was the Giants. And I'm talking that's about 2011. Yeah, yeah that's 2011. 2012, 20, 2012 season. Yeah, this guy not only won the AFC championship, he was the Super Bowl MVP. That's crazy. And Flacco. he's just still an active quarterback. Flacco and Kaepernick. Joe oh my Clappers. Gosh, that's Joe crazy. Flacco. That was it, wow. Joe Flacco. So wow. only Flacco and Rich Gannon since 2001 <laughs> have won the AFC championship, not named Brady, Roethlisberger, or Manny. That's unbelievable. Flipping real. And but then this year, it's, again, Big oh, Ben and man. Tom Brady sitting in the driver's seat. You know seat what kept happening to me on seas. that? It kept happening to me is every time I'd go down the road, like, of the Broncos. I said, like, yeah. oh, the Broncos and, and Cam Newton. I forgot. No. Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Peyton, Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Or Peyton, yeah, yeah, Peyton both Manning those was, the, Both oh the loss goodness. and the win was Peyton Manning. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Plus his two with the Colts. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, that you know, a domination. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yet both those quarterbacks, Manning obviously is retired, but there is still Big Ben. And Tom Brady, after all these years, and they're sitting in the top two seeds in the AFC. Yeah. So are we going to add Blake Bortles' name to that list? Blake Bortles' Well, I mean, name. it goes to show you, though, that you got a backup quarterback. Right. Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Nick Foles. That the NFL is adapting, evolving. Yes. To what we're, you know, there's almost like they got so quarterback-centric with that rule change of, you know, the, the receivers not being able to be jammed. By the way, say, none of these quarterbacks that I mentioned are mobile quarterbacks. That's None. Right. That's right. Not even Gannon or Flacco. So the AFC, the AFC has never had. They haven't really had a mobile a quarterback. quarterback win the AFC championship. I mean, think about it. I a mean, mobile trend, quarterback. Even, mobile quarterback, right? Yeah, they've been all pocket pass. Well, I mean, Ben at one time was somewhat mobile. You know the last one? Not truly. Steve a... McNair. Yeah. Tennessee Titans well, in 1999. You there you go. Got well, they, to the won the AFC championship. They got involved, man. That's but, but that's the thing is the teams have evolved. It's been good. That's a good thing. Yeah, but if I'm, a, if I'm a general manager, why am I going for one of those quarterbacks you keep telling me about if none of them have gotten to a Super Bowl? Uh, you're talking about the uh, read option style ones? Right, yeah, exactly. They've been there. Well, on the NFC Russell side. Wilson's? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Colin Cam Kaepernick Newton. got, obviously, yeah. to an yeah, NFC yeah, championship yeah, yeah, game. Sure. Yeah. Why, well, yeah. I'm t- well, I, I'm, I, I only speak from experience. Yes. In my experience, when I defend against guys, right. man, those dual threat guys were nightmares. I'm telling you, they were just terrible. 
Yeah. You All can right. do everything right, and they still gas you. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. He's got much more on all the matchups this weekend in the NFL, including the first game that's starting less than an hour from now. We bring on David Gascon. He wins or loses this ball game. His career with the Chiefs could be over with. Panthers head coach Ron Rivera got himself an extension with Carolina, two years and $15.5 million in his wallet. Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie declined the Packers' request to interview him for their GM vacancy. In the NBA, Lakers have released center Andrew Bogut. In college basketball, 13th-ranked Purdue leading Nebraska by 10. You have Seton Hall trailing at Butler. This ballgame is on FS1, 40-36. And LSU trailing at Texas A&M. 41 to 39. Arizona's quick out of the gate in the second half. They were down by 16 points. They've gone on a 17 to 4 run and they now trail in Colorado by 3, 49 to 46. Gentlemen. All right, David, thank you so much. Uh, we're coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 50% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, one of the things I have not asked you about. Yeah was the announcement of the uh, 15 finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. And one of the reasons I mentioned is that there wasn't a single coach on the list. Uh, Don Coriel, who had been a finalist the last three years, uh, did not make the cut to the finalist list. Neither did Jimmy Johnson, who was the only other coach amongst the semifinalists. And I, I keep wondering... What exactly does a guy have to do to qualify as a Hall of Fame coach? Now, Mike Holmgren, whose coaching tree is about as rich as anyone in the yeah. history of the National Football League. I mean, at one point, he has Mariucci, Reed, and Gruden, all his underlings. Yeah. I mean, this guy has an incredible—he got three teams to Super Bowls. He won a Super Bowl. He hadn't got a sniff. I mean, he, yeah. he, he hadn't admitted right. to the semifinals list. You've got a two-time Super Bowl champion in Tom Flores, two-time Super Bowl champion in Jim, Jimmy Johnson— you have a guy that's never even been on the on the ballot yet as a two-time Super Bowl champion coach, George Seifert. You've got Dang. former Super Bowl champions like Bill Cowher, Dick Vermeil. Hmm. Uh, you got all these guys on this list. They, and, might, and, they and, might need to make a new category. I mean, it's really. I mean, but I mean, how I mean, do you define a, a, a coach in terms of being so-called immortalized yeah. by placement in the Hall of Fame? Simple. They got to revolutionize the game in some way. Yeah. You know, like Bill Walsh, he, he brought that West Coast offense sure. in and made it really popular. Coriel did a lot of the same kind of stuff. Right. Then you got to win. You got to win over time. Yeah. And so those two things are big to me. With like Parcel, like uh, Parcel's uh, Cower. I, I look at him like, well, he won over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. He also was big, along with Dom Capers, of revolutionizing defensive football. Yep. Because if it wasn't for those Steelers, you wouldn't be seeing all these sweet zone blitzes, 34 disguise kind of stuff out there. That just, uh, at that time, I mean, before him, that didn't ever really make it. Dick Vermill, uh, offensive football game. He had that, uh, and it was more of his coordinators, but uh, they had that wide-open offense where they had Jags running it back with the Philadelphia Eagles, and then, you know, they had uh, Kurt Warner with the Rams, and and then even before that, they uh, had it, or after that, excuse me, with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs when they had Tony Gonzalez there and, and Green at the quarterback position, they were and they did good things. I mean, they didn't win any Super Bowls, but then he had a Super Bowl, you know, championship, which that's unbelievable that he could go to a Super Bowl, be burned out, then become a broadcaster, then come back, and then go win the Super Bowl. And it was really unbelievable, like most and, like unexpected time. Well, and uh, obviously, and we'll see if Gruden could do the same thing as, as oh, coming out of the booth after a ten-year absence. Um, the other big controversy going to be uh, the the T.O. versus Randy Moss. 
Uh, by oh, the way, Isaac, Isaac Bruce is a guy that also is on this list. Uh, yeah, he's a function some... of a system. All right. so He's not transcendent. But, you know, a lot of people, again, they look at the numbers and they see those two names side by side in the record books, essentially in either order, yeah. T.O. And, and Randy Moss. And Moss, this is uh, T.O.'s third time. Some people are just calling out it's a mockery that this guy was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. And now he's on the third ballot. He's not going to get in. I mean, Randy Moss, if you don't put Randy Moss on the first ballot, that's a freaking joke. Yeah, Randy Moss needs to be in it. He revolutionized the game at that position. You could argue he is the most physically talented receiver that has ever played in the NFL. I, mean, I think there's a question about it. I mean, Speed, he, size, ability, And the thing everything. is, is he, he had his moments where he was cancerous in the locker room, but then he completely redeemed himself with the Patriots. But even they got rid of him. Yeah, but still. I'm just telling you. Like, After two at least, years. At least T.O. I mean, well, I, I could say this. With T.O., he never once, like, tried to get on the recovery trail. It was a constant, perpetual, I'm going to be a punk. But he was productive wherever he went. The numbers say Who's he that? was. T.O., he had he productive wasn't. numbers everywhere well, he went. technically you're not productive. Well, how is that? What do you mean? Okay. You can have a lot of stats. Yeah. But if your influence around others is very cancerous and destructive. Don't you remember him crying for his quarterback, stats, Tony Romo? He cried this. for his those quarterback. stats don't really count for much. Because if you're taking a bunch away in terms of, like, inspiration, energy, being divisive, telling your quarterback you got to throw in the ball, and even though you got all the stats, all that you've gained, you didn't gain anything. You spun your wheels. And so that's that's what it comes down to them. You, you got to so be. So you would a, never put him in, or you're just going to continue to punishment and make him wait, 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 wait. <laughs> It all depends on who he's up against. And to me, Moss was uh, he'd be a, a more deserving choice right now. All right. Sorry, there, Tia. You just were just misbehaved too much. All man. right, another one I want to ask you about. Ray Lewis obviously is a no-brain first ballot. All yeah. right, we know that. Yeah. And then you got Brian Urlacher. Should be too. He first ballot revolutionized the position. Teams went out and looked for the next Brian Urlacher. He was the guy that was the hybrid safety. Mm-hmm. That once he was moved to the Mike linebacker. Before that, the Mike linebacker was no more as a thumper. Yeah. A big physical, almost like a big D lineman that you'd line off the ball five yards. Could to... you have been Brian Urlacher? Um, not at his position. No, I didn't have his skill set. His skill set was more of a defensive back. Yeah. He was brought uh, his history. Remember at New Mexico, he actually returned kicks. Yeah, well, his, here's his history, and I know it very well because Bronco Mendenhall, who was his coach and who, who helped him along yeah. as a safety at New Mexico, was also my defense coordinator at BYU and still a close friend of mine. His history was is Brian Urlacher graduated high school. I believe his, his height was 5'10", 5'11". Yeah, he, he was about not anybody. 175 close. pounds, and uh, New Mexico believed in him as a, you know, a tough kind of defensive back guy. Gets there and just grows, you know, 6'3", probably 6'4", uh, 255 pounds, a good run, but they still, he still had a skill set of that 5'10", 175-pound right, guy. Exactly. So they kept him back there as a safety. And so when he transitioned to the NFL, they tried him at the Sam linebacker, which was more of a you're, – you're playing like an edge guy more mm-hmm. than you are like right. a safety. Didn't really work out. But when they finally moved into the middle, and especially with Lovey Smith, where he's running what they call that Tampa 2 seam drop, basically he's a safety. He's like a third safety in the middle of two wide deep safeties. It was his. It was his perfect position for him because it was basically what had made him such a phenomenal college player. I'm not. I wasn't like that. And so he was. You know, he was a lot better in coverage and those kind of things. My background is more of an edge guy, physical hit guys. And he wasn't. You know, he wasn't very physical or lacquer, but it didn't matter. He was good. He, when he had protection, he was as good as anybody of st- of being a sideline to sideline slashing 
run stuffing linebacker, but where I, he I excelled was with in Deion, space. Urlacher, yeah, when he was in space, because of his length and his instincts and his background, his defensive back, he was a phenomenal in coverage. But right. Tons of interceptions, passes broken up. He's a lot like Luke Keekley, but just bigger and more rangy. And so that's, I mean, to me, and he revolutionizes. So you have to put him in there. Two safeties. Okay. John Lynch, who's been on this list for a while now, and Brian Dawkins. Oh, man. Uh, I'd look at Brian Dawkins. I'd give him the nod if you're going to go. To me, John Lynch is still too much a function of the system. I have too many bad memories of him trying to go to and another system in Denver. And you say his run in Denver, Denver even though he was still making Pro Bowls, was based more on his that previous history That was pure reputation. Tampa. Because yeah. if you went and broke down the film, he was a glorified. They, they were trying to hide him like a linebacker. Even though he's listed as safety, he just he just couldn't do it. Like, and the thing that's sort of it's tough with Lynch too. I I would still say in this era he'd be really good, but he wouldn't be as good. Yeah, but you can't judge it on that. I mean, the question true, was: Was true. he that's dominant true. when he played? I well, I, but I still try to look at his transcendence. I mean, how many in people, terms of eras? How many people from that? You, you obviously you got Derek Brooks and, and Warren Sapp. Uh, Rondé Barber was eligible this year. But did the thing not make is, the... is, John Lynch didn't revolutionize the position. I mean, okay. he was a key cog in that right. all-world defense. But yeah. I would argue that if you if he sort of said, "Hey, John, you, we're going to replace was you with Simeon a Rice good a player, bigger power in that defense." I do. I, I think I, I thought the tier alignments. Derek Brooks was phenomenal, right? Because Sap of his was phenomenal. big playmaker ability. Sap was too. Yeah. But I, I do believe this. If you took John Lynch out of the, this is how I look at it. If you yeah. took John Lynch out of the equation and put somebody serviceable there, they still would have been. Outrageously good. All right, but I, if you took out Sap or if you took out Derek Brooks and put somebody serviceable, they would have dropped. Even with John Lynch as a safety. All right, two guards, uh, Fanica and Hutchinson. Hutchinson, they're they're one of the same. Same. <laughs> I mean, it's a toss up. I mean, they're both of these big, are Hall of Famers. Physical Mauler, Bulldogs. What did you think of Kevin Mawai? Uh as a center, overrated, underrated. I thought he was phenomenal because he was so fast. This guy would get to the second level faster than anybody. He he got a bad rap because he ended up being the NFL player union rep right, sure. or president, and the owner sort of colluded against him. But, I, yeah, he should be in the Hall was of Fame. Was Edgerrin James a Hall of Fame running back? I didn't believe he was as explosive in the passing game. I, I almost felt like he was average in the passing was game. Was he a product? But he was I mean, a very remember, good Remember, he led the league in rushing his first two years yeah. as Manning was developing, really, yeah. as a quarterback. Uh, I mean, he put up he the just, numbers. It was a transcendent, though. He wasn't this guy that I would well, look at. Well, is he more like, transcendent wow, than this... a guy like Frank Gore? Is Gore just uh, because no. he hung around? See, Frank Gore, yeah, Frank Gore to me has just been consistent. Right. I don't look at him as a Hall of Famer. Did you think Curtis Martin was a Hall of Famer? No, because no. they're just and sort of consistent, right. kind of. You know, did you think Jerome Bettis was a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I, yeah, I looked did. at him as a that. Hall of Famer because uh, again, he he just redefined the position. Andrew James, I'm going to say, I mean, he was he was a load man. When I hit that guy, I was like, wow. I'll tell you one guy that's going to benefit from what happened last year. Of course, last year you had Terrell Davis and Kurt Warner, two guys that were superstars for a very brief amount of time, but so big that eventually they got in the Hall of Fame. Terrell, I was a little questionable on just because he was a one-trick pony, but yeah. he, he he did have some phenomenal numbers. Yes. And he did get John Elway and the Broncos over to the top. But there's one the other guy like that waiting, and that's Tony Baselli. He needs to be in. He should have been in last year. I mean. He's the prototype. If you would have gone and looked at every, and you probably could. If you looked at every scouting report of what they want in a, a left tackle or a tackle, guess who they're describing? Tony Baselli. Yeah. So, Just telling you. He should be in. He should have been in. And he'll eventually get in. By the way, it's not a glamorous class. 
I mean, there's it's no. Really, I mean, I mean, it's you really, got a lot of grunt there's guys no color, here. There's no quarterbacks. You, you got no quarterbacks. You got a lot of offensive linemen. You got linebackers. You got defensive backs. Yeah, you have the wide receivers. But Moss is going to get in. This, this is why the Ter- Terrellens is not. So going to So you're get saying in. you got three first ballot guys then? You got Lewis, Erlacher, yeah, and, and Moss. Moss. Yeah, all and, first ballot. Yeah, and that's why Terrell is going to have to wait again. And I, I, I would say that you said Isaac Bruce isn't in yet, right? No, he he made the finalist. He'll be though. in before Terrell Owens will. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. You you can't you can't tell me that you're going to put in Terrell Owens over Isaac Bruce. I, Isaac Bruce is far more celebrated. Look at all of his accomplishments compared to. It's got to be cool for you now when you you start seeing names on the list that you actually played against. Yeah, and that's how I can sort of judge him a little know? bit like better Edgar now. James, like, and I remember we faced him when he was yeah. with the Cardinals. Yeah, but he was toward the end, and he was towards the yeah. end, no question. Yeah. He had been, I think, off of an ACL tear yeah. and everything like that. It just wasn't like I. I was like, wow, we got a game plan for this guy. You yeah, know? but over the next five years or so, you're going to see a lot of guys that you saw. Because that's their how prime. I look at it. Is like when I when I'm we're when we're preparing yeah. for him, who's the guys that give us the greatest headache? I remember Moss because. I remember it was one of our, you know, one of my first games in my rookie year. We played him, and we had a coverage called Cloud. What was his number? Eighty-one or something? <laughs> yeah. And all Cloud meant is we always are going to put a safety, no matter where he was, on top of that corner, and that was it. And I was like, wow, this guy must be pretty good, you know. And all the rumors, and I'm looking at the film, going, oh yeah, this guy's something else. And um, then unbelievable. I've, yeah, that I've been able to hit, you know, in the face with my helmet, not yeah. illegally. <laughs> this is all football talk. <laughs> Uh, Fanica and right. Hutchinson. Yeah, those guys. You know, I've been able to, to mix it up with those guys. Well, you did stare good. at Larry Allen. Uh, I did. And I did not <laughs> engage his, him in that his, way. With his head popping out of his helmet. <laughs> Spilling out of that thing. It was not a big enough helmet, man. That was a guy you did <laughs> not want to have him get his hands on you. You didn't want him to touch you. Which, unfortunately for me, because <laughs> yeah. he was so old and yeah. uh, a little uncoordinated <laughs> yeah. and stiff, yeah. he never did touch me. Yeah. But, but I uh, saw him get a hold of a guy by the name of Sean Rogers, 320 pounds of him, and right. lift him up by his neck, throat, <laughs> and slam him to the ground. That was scary. Uh, very unbelievable. I got, The guy benched over 700 I'm yeah. not kidding. And Actually was, benched it's over. It's called functional strength. It's All right. Not uh, power we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. So how's it going to play out? Which teams are going to advance to the divisional round? We will tell you coming up next. Hey, we got great news. There's a quick way for you to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes get saved 15% or more on your car insurance. I want to thank the guys today. Nick has uh, said goodbye to... The Chargers apparently Go said also Chargers. he's also Go. said goodbye to the Lakers. No, not yet. You know, we didn't have a chance to talk Come Lakers on, today because it's an NFL stay season. Loyal. I mean, last night was taking embarrassment to another level. I mean, they're just nine straight losses, 11 they, and 27. They can't shoot. <laughs> like they're, they're they almost... don't play any defense. Oh, well, they used to, but now that now they completely yeah. now it's Olay. Yeah, but I mean they're still up there as a team in you know defensive efficiency. No, over the last uh, nine shoot. games, their defensive efficiency. I even heard uh, Ireland on the broadcast last night see they're second worst in the league. Right, but I mean the, the problem is they they're the worst in three point shooting, they're worst in free throw shooting. Yes. they can't shoot. All right, but you're wearing your Ducks cap now. Are you smelling yeah. a Ducks <laughs> run to the cup? No, 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 no right. way, no Ducks. Uh, David Gascon, brilliant as always, doing his updates. And then there's Robert. Robert, who's feeling so good right now that USC is completely dismantled. Sam Darnold gone. Ronald Jones gone. Clay Helton will be exposed. And just how good is Chip Kelly going to be in his first year at UCLA now that they got the number one rated (laughs) uh, dual-purpose quarterback in the country? The table is set, Chippy. 
Mm. Let's see what he's got. Mm. And he's got one of the best strength coaches in Frank Wintrich, who oh, I know personally. Is this a hire? Who is this guy? Yeah, he just was hired this last week. He mm-hmm. actually was fascinating because my brother coached with Frank Wintrich, not only at BYU, but then at Virginia. Yes. Is that Chip Kelly last year was he when he was well this year, actually, when he was working as that analyst for ESPN, he would go visit certain schools. Really? And be like, hey man, I'm just here to get some, you know, sure. learn some new stuff. Thinking about new stuff. When staff. in reality, yeah, he was out recruiting his whole new staff. Yeah. And it, my brother said, yeah, he was really impressed with Frank and this and the other. And sure enough, when he gets hired, he's building out a staff, calls Frank and says, hey man, I'll pay you double. Come out here to Los Angeles. <laughs> Can't pass that up. Is, so, he, is it but safe he's to really say good. that Chip Kelly will be calling the offensive plays at UCLA? That's all he does, man. Right, he's an is. offensive guy. He's going to yeah. call him. He's going to bring his So you have an offensive but, coordinator, but he's, he's, he's more of a... He just does the dirty work of an offense exactly. coordinator, but Chip but comes in and gets Chip the play Kelly sheet. will call the play. Oh yeah, he'll call, and it's not a big play sheet. Right. You've seen his play sheet; it's yeah. probably like twenty plays. Yes, it's real simple, uh, but effective. Now, what would you say to those UCLA players of getting ready? Now, he has said, he has said, what he did at Oregon is old school. Yeah, well, he has already said whatever I did at Oregon is already what, in the past. But look at what Scott Frost has done with UCF. That's what you're going to see at UCLA. You're going to see a mix of what he did in Oregon. He, in two years, went from 0-12 to 13-0. and Yeah, you're going to see more power football. Mm. You're going to see also a change-up in the speed by which he's going to operate. There's going to be times where they'll go really, really fast, Yep. time when they'll go moderately fast, and a time when they'll go really slow when wow. they want to eat the clock up and, and, and basically run it Because Oregon was last in time of possession every single year. Yeah, and I, and I know he, he felt that was an issue. It's not only an issue for your defense, but it is an issue when you're late in the game. you got a 10-point lead right, or even a 7-point lead. you got to go what they call into a formatted offense, which means you slow things down and you start eating the clock. All right, I'm going to go odds with you, see if they yeah. cover. Chiefs, 9-point favors today. Will they cover against the Titans? Yes. I agree. Yeah. Rams, 6.5 favorites at home against Atlanta. Yes. I'm taking the dogs. I know you are. I'm going to take the Falcons as the I say dog it's here. going to be a double-digit victory for the Rams. I mean, I honestly, I could see a Ram blowout, but I'm, I'm going to go Falcons there. All right, Jags, nine-point favorites at home against the Bills tomorrow. Yes. I agree with you there. How about this one? Saints, six, seven-point favorites at home against the Panthers. Mm-mm. That's going to be like a last-second fill. I'd really? take the dogs on that one, yes. But that's going to go down to at home? Hand. Not against the Panthers. Really? So are they going to be able to slow down that Saints running game? Enough, but I mean, I, I look at this being a high-scoring game, coming down to whoever has the ball last, mm-hmm. kicking a field goal to win it, or an overtime. All right, so that's why I I I believe it's going to be a field goal that decides it. All right, so and then looking ahead to next week, and obviously we'll be here talking about it: Pats, Steelers, Vikings, Eagles. Which one of those teams is most likely to be one and done? Steelers. Jacksonville is going to take them down. Steelers are going to go down, and wow. then on the other side of the bracket, hmm. Who do we got there again? We got the got uh, the Vikings the and Bikes. the Eagles. You have the let's say the Eagles mm. against the Saints, Vikings against the Rams. I'd love to take the Vikings, uh, <laughs> but they're just too I, good. I'm going to make this prediction: <laughs> yeah. Pats and Steelers both go down. Yeah. Oh. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic: every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.